Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. What is up, everybody? It's me, Alex with Swamp Rack Fishing. My co-hostess with the most is Paul Roberts is here with me. And you are with Bass and Brews, your weekly distraction from quality fishing podcast. We are here to kind of lower the bar, especially with Sean here. He's with Jigs and Bigs, and uh, they've set the bar so high. So we're here to just kind of bring it back down to that every man level. Paul? Paul, buddy, it's been a couple of weeks, man. How are you? Man, I I, I I can't complain too much. Oh, shit, I dropped my whiteboard. Motherfucker. <laughs> you could have stopped that last sentence after quality. Yeah. <laughs> man, it, it, ain't, well, it, it, it ain't been bad. It ain't been bad. I'll tell you what. I'll tell y'all what. Last last week's episode was a great episode. Um, yes, I, I fumbled a little bit the intro. I got it. I was super excited. I was a little bit fucking nervous. Um, Alex does a great intro. I, you know, he, my boy, you know, if, if we could man hug, I'd man hug shit out of him every day, but we're too far away. He's out on a boat. So, um, you know, nothing exciting because tell us about, tell us about you right now. You don't have long to be with us. You stopped in to say, Hey, to, to me and Sean to say, Hey, to our fans is, is. So tell us what's yeah, going so, on with you before you got to roll. So it's been crazy. Uh, last Friday I made the flight out to Cali. Um, uh, California. Uh, I don't know if we have any listeners there, but man, your state sucks balls. It is, uh, golly. Uh, so right now, uh, right now I'm in a beautiful hotel room, uh, a motel six that, uh, the U S government has put me up in and I'll be here for the next three to four weeks. Uh, but right now I'm super busy with having to get reoriented with the ship. Uh, I was talking to Paul earlier, uh, due to the the size of the Coast Guard as a whole, everybody who goes on a ship has to be a firefighter. So right now I'm going through firefighter training, which I don't understand how um, ridiculous I am. They're going to trust me to not burn down this motherfucker. But uh, we're doing that right now. Um, I will say I've had some pretty California experiences. And the one I really want to drop is on Sunday. Uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday. On Sunday, I went for a little walk and I said, let's kind of look at my surroundings. And uh, I found a creek, and you know me, I took a look. I'm like, maybe there's some fish in there. Uh, nope, no fish, uh, but a shit ton of high uh, of those needles that people use to inject themselves with drugs. So that was great. I don't know if that's what they mean by needlefish. And then I heard a rustling, and I was like, huh, maybe it's a squirrel. You know what I mean? So I walked a little bit farther, and I had somebody yell at me because there was two um, 
I'm assuming homeless ladies uh, engaging in a activity that's usually associated with two numbers. Uh, one of the numbers being six and the other numbers, uh, I mean, you guys can figure it out from there. But, this sounds uh, like this were... sounds like every this sounds like every every time Wild Bill from Hookset Hillums goes fishing. It's it's Bobby. Yeah. Bobby Bobby stumbles across the homeless people that are Bobby that are uh, that are giving in to primal desires on street corners. That's Bobby. And and this was it. And not only was it a street corner, but it was like I'm right next to the Six Flags in Vallejo, California, <laughs> and. Uh, so they yelled as they were surprised, as I was surprised. And then one uh, lifted her head up, uh, who was on top, to explain that I should go fuck myself and leave them alone. And I went, yeah, you're right, I should. And so I left. Um, you didn't ask so that to was join like my in? first 48 hours. No, no. They looked like they had been rode hard and put away wet. They had been there for a while, I think. So... But, there was some um, there was some mileage on the tires. Is that what you're saying? I, 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 I have you guys ever seen? You ever like played catch with your uh, grandfather and he's got that mitt, that you know, that baseball <laughs> mitt from like the 1940s. It's cracked and leathery. Uh, these two lovebirds, that's what they looked like. And I'm not talking about their face. I'm talking about the other region. So, so, so this is a fishing podcast. So I would say the best <laughs> analogy for this fishing podcast. Was one of your un- uncle, uncle, what the uncle Josh's pork frogs that had been left outside overnight? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, but, so uh, what else is going on with you from a from the aspect of like when when do you think you're going to be back full time? And I ain't here running this damn show. Yeah, so next week, next week, I uh, I just got settled in. I should be done with firefighter school this week. Uh, so next week. We sh- I, I should be on uh, just me and Paul and uh, and a guest, and uh, I'm excited to come back. Paul, I want to thank you, man. I listened to last week's episode on the plane uh, after a teary goodbye with the family, and then I got to hear uh, you and Wild Bill's dopey voices. Really made me feel awesome. You guys did a great job. Uh, Ryan, uh, I'm sure you're not listening because you've got 9,000 things to do, but uh, you did okay too, man. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I want to say thank you for that, uh, and everybody else. Sean, thanks for coming on and helping while I'm out. While I'm out, and uh, to all the hoodlums that we, uh, I guess Paul's got uh, scheduled up here to come on. I appreciate everybody. Uh, it really means a lot, um, and I'm I'm stoked to hear it. It's really weird. I finally get to listen to my own podcast, so <laughs> stoked for it. Yeah, I sent him the link last week. It was like, here, here, dude, you finally you finally get to listen to your own podcast. <laughs> And you're not even on it. And yep, we're yep. already up to like number four best episode ever. Yes. Yeah, it was a killer episode. I mean, obviously the writing's on the wall. We'll see if I ever come back, people. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh, hell no. But, uh, I just want to say thank you. I got to get some hold dinner. Look, no, 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 no. Alex has to come back because I show up a little tipsy to somewhat hammered and – uh, and be a pretty face. He does all the other shit that gets it to where y'all can listen to it, and and we get to post these little tidbits of fun stuff. Like that ain't my shit. Now it's my shit until he comes back for real in like apparently nine months. But 
you you yeah. coming back, bitch, because this ain't my look, I'm the co-hostess with the mostest. I, I'm not the host. I'm not in gotcha. charge. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh everybody. Uh enjoy the episode. I'm sure they're gonna talk about eating bass and uh proper PFD gear because that's uh probably this MO right here. So <laughs> you boys have a good episode. Thanks, everybody. Holla, buddy. Got a whiteboard. And we are live again. Take two <laughs> for Bass and Brews Fishing Podcast. Because our hostess with the dumbassest Moses fucked up the first one. So everybody listening and or watching watching now is, is seeing a cut in from two different podcasts because Alex got all excited in the podcast uh, when he left. So anyway, here we are today. Thanks for Alex for coming. We miss you, dog. But here tonight, we got Sean the Fisherman from the Jigs and Bigs podcast. All right. So we always start this podcast off talking about what we're drinking and stuff. So tonight, I got a 420 Sweetwater G13 IPA. It's a delicious beer. Sean. Tell us what kind of coffee you sipping on tonight, buddy. Well, Paul, for those people who haven't seen the previous episode I was on or don't know anything about Jigs and Bigs, I am actually eight days from today, 14 years sober. Okay. So, thank you. Thank you. See, well, you need the applause. I'm used to the applause button by Bobby. You know what I mean? The applause. All I can give you is a real applause. <laughs> Not good enough. It's not good enough. I need the sound effect. Probably gives you the sound effects. I give you the (laughs) So uh, what I'm drinking is I'm actually I'm drinking a cup of decaf coffee because it's getting towards, you know, 830 at night. Um, I would like to sleep tonight. I have Ashlawn coffee roasted for three bells outfitters. It's their sunset paddle decaf a little with a splash of milk, a little splash of milk. And more importantly, it's being drank. Out of a cup made from a print by Kari Townsend Art. Kari, yes. uh, Ta- Kari Townsend is an artist I uh, I followed, and then we lucked out and had a chance to meet her. Uh, my wife and I met her at uh, Minnesota at an art show, and uh, she does a lot of wildlife art. So if you want a coffee mug, you can get one from Kari. Kari Townsend Art, spelled K-A-R-I Townsend. Jeez, T-O-W-N-S-I-N-D, God I hope I spelled that right, Art. And uh, you can get the coffee from Three Bells Outfitters. I'm done with my plug, sir. <laughs> well, if you spelled that shit right, can't nobody follow along because you had too many uhs and ah, uh, and I spelled it right shits in between. So anyway, we'll crack we'll crack open the beer. Here's the thing. This is Bass and Brews Fishing Podcast. And it ain't just about beer drinking, even though that's the majority of what it is. But we can brew coffee. We can brew tea. We can brew beer. I mean, it's bass and brews. So whatever you like to partake in, we can partake. So we'll crack this one open. All right. Good job. So we are running a little late because Alex fucking ended, literally ended the whole broadcast before. And so, like... um, you know, we're we're running behind right now. It's almost 830. And and just so y'all know, Sean is the co-host of Jigs and Bigs with Bobby Roast Beef. I'm obviously the co-host of this podcast, who's filling in as the real host. 
there's a reason we have co-hosts who were in charge. And if for the folks not listening, air quotes, it's because me and Mr. Sean, the fisherman here can talk the ears off a of billy goat. And so we're going to try to keep this within 12 to 18 hour podcast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> It might it might end up being a twenty part series podcast <laughs> that shows on HBO. <laughs> Welcome to Game of Thrones, fishing style. We're, we're here. <laughs> so, uh, but here we are, Sean the Fisherman. Thanks for coming on again. You know, just for everybody, new listeners and old listeners, Alex is transitioning out to California for his last year in the Coast Guard. So. I'll be taking over duties as head, and what we'll do is we'll have a special uh, special guest host as long uh, uh, as well as our special guest. But tonight, me and Sean have been talking about this topic for a couple months now, I think. And how and, and the biggest thing was how are we going to put it out? Was it through jigs and bigs? Was it through this? And, and it never made sense how to do it. But with Alex being gone, it made sense to be able to put it out this way. And we're talking about mindset, um, mindset and fishing uh, from the the competitive standpoint. And and Sean and I both are mainly kayak anglers, so we're coming at it from the kayak angling standpoint of mindset, uh, mental preparation leading into a tournament. And this is where it, it sounds like from we haven't talked about this before. We've had some back and forths through uh, some chats and stuff like that on, on what we think. And, and I, I'm pretty sure we're very different. And so we're going to have some some back and forth conversation on that. But what I want people to take from this is, is that your mindset is yours. Like it, it, what, what I say, what Sean says is not gospel. But it's how you have to prepare yourself mentally because this is the thing. You you fish a bait a certain way because that's the way you fish the bait. Now, there are variations within that. But when it comes to mindset, that's something you have to figure out on your own. And what I want people to take from this episode is that me and Sean are giving you probably, at least mine is an extreme. Mine's on the an extreme version. And now Sean's, I'm not sure where his is. His might be in the middle. It might be an extreme. I'm not sure it's going to be very different from mine. But <clears throat> mine's an extreme. So it's just a way for y'all to mentally prepare, especially for your new kayak anglers that are getting into competition in the upcoming year, because we have a ton of people. Uh, I know a bunch personally and uh, just in general with, with the growth of, the, of kayak angling. Uh, I think next year is going to be a huge year for kayak anglers uh, in in their first year of competing. So, Sean, real quick, give us a, a, an introduction of who you are real quick and kind of a background in your kayak angling history. Yeah, uh, my, name's, my name's Sean the Fisherman. I'm the co-host of the Jigs and Bigs podcast, which uh, you can find on your local Spotify, Apple iTunes. What is it? Apple I, iCast? Whatever. The, I don't even use Apple. Whatever the fuck's on Apple. Um, and it's on See, our website too. We have, hold up. See, where are this is why we can't have old people on the fucking show. They're probably my Apple Tunes iCast. I don't know what the fuck it is. Exactly. I'm so I'm sorry, y'all. Just it, Jigs and Bigs on iTunes, <laughs> Apple Podcast, 
Apple Podcasts. Right, you know, well, you know why I don't know that? Spotify. I use Spotify. I love Spotify. Fuck Apple products. Seriously, I got sick of them after uh, after iTunes version like whatever negative one. I don't know. I, iTunes is a piece of shit. I hate it. You also don't care because Bobby Roast Beef does all the work. Um, that is true, but it makes me care more because I don't want to let him down. I don't want to be the weakest link. Oh, but 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 look, Alex. Alex, I, I made him write out specific directions on how I make this shit actually happen. <laughs> and then he and turned the fucking podcast on you. So how did that work out? <laughs> look, I I knew he taught me enough to get this bitch back on. So anyway, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry to interrupt Mr. Old Man Sean. So Oh, I, I am an old man Sean. Yeah. So <laughs> so I've been uh fishing. Oh man, what am I? All right. So I've been fishing for about 31 or 32 years now in a kayak for Getting close to half of that. Uh, about 15 years I've been in a kayak. Um, the past three years is where I've, you know, since I retired from the military, I've upped my competitive angling, you know, and, and I'm upping it again next year. Just more tournaments, learning more, getting out there, seeing where I stand. And it's different every year. Hell, it's different every tournament. Um, and uh, luckily enough, you know, throughout all the, the negatives of 2020 that this country saw, you know, Bobby Roast Beef's an old friend of mine, and we got together, and he started a podcast, and was lucky. I'm lucky enough that he brought me on because we, we talk the same lingo, and we're definitely coming at fishing from two completely different angles. Where he doesn't compete, or very rarely, and I'm full board into it. But man, it works for us. So mm-hmm. here I am on your show, um, our show, ready, ready, ready to talk. And you want me? You want me to? You want me to tell everyone where this came from? Because there's some, you know, we we didn't talk about this stuff, but but I, I did. I, Yes, I, I okay. do, but, but let let me let me do it with this is is that so Alex is so this is how the dynamic works, right? So Alex brought me on. I bring kind of that that uh competitive side angling on because Alex doesn't care about that shit. Alex yeah. wants to go out and have a good time, he wants to just catch fish, make make his YouTube videos and this and that, and like Every time I don't fun fish, when I go out fishing, I'm I'm practicing. Like there's a I'm doing something technical with a, a specific lure, specific technique, uh, a mindset. I'm going to an area. Like I don't just go out to fish to be like, oh, you know, I caught I caught this and that. No, I go out for a reason. I don't fun fish. Like I don't, my my fun fishing is 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 winning is catching fish is competing so yeah. so in this this so where sean and i fit in together is is it's the same thing so we have these co-hosts but uh on a side note y'all go listen to jigs and bigs it's long form podcasting it's your it's your morning show as bailey from serious angler dubbed it it's your morning show fishing they have segments they have tips uh, it's it's great. It's awesome. It's wonderful information, and uh, make sure you go there, subscribe, and listen to their stuff because it's a good ass time. It was really a good ass time. All right, Sean, tell us how this originated. Well, as I mentioned earlier, we were up in Minnesota this summer, and um, on the way back, I actually drove home alone to get home for believe it or not, a tournament, my first saltwater tournament. So that was fun. Um, and on the way home, I got to binge you and Alex, which, <laughs> thank God, 
you know, oh God, I was just gonna make I was gonna make a really dark joke there. It was a long, it made a long ride a lot longer. So (laughs) I'm just kidding, I was entertained. Bigs and Bigs ain't got whiteboards. We got whiteboards on Bass and Birdies. I'm sorry. You were just accusing me of being an old-ass man, and you've got a dry erase board. Noted. So anyways, uh, what? It ain't chalk, oldie. <laughs> Chuck! How many <laughs> fingers did you hold up? I couldn't count it without a fucking abacus. Um, <laughs> so on the way home, there was one podcast, and and you, I have no idea which one it was. I, I really don't. I know I, I listened to, I think, six or seven of you guys' episodes. I have no idea. It was catching up. And um, there was one where, you, man, you got fired up about the way you approach tournament fishing. And I was in my car going, no, Paul, Paul, you're going to have a coronary by the time you're, you know, 40. Don't, don't do, don't approach shit that way. I'm like, no. And then I remember sending you a text saying, we got a lot to talk about with your tournament oh, yeah. approaches. And I, I, I when you said, the, the, the thing that stuck out was, and I felt this for a little while too. I know so what I know, you're gonna say. I know what, what you, you're going to say, but go ahead. You said when I'm out on the water and I'm fishing against you, meaning the field, I'm out to kill you. I'm yeah. out to beat you. I'm out to, to humble you. I'm, I'm like, holy shit, Paul, like there's a lot that's in your control and a lot that's not. And you're veering into the not control thing. And that's not a really healthy mindset. I don't feel. And I will say this, dude, I used to feel the same way. And then I pulled it back in and focused more on instead of worrying. What's that? Oh, we got a go dry ahead, race. Go okay. So instead of, instead of worrying about anything else or the, the field, which we're going to talk about tonight, pretty in depth, instead of worrying about the field, worrying, taking that energy and focusing on what's going on around you that you can use to your advantage, even if it does involve the field a little bit, that's where your energy should be going. And I know you played athletics at a high, high level. Well, a lot higher than I ever did. And um, I see it. And I, w- I would get fired up those first few years where I started doing tournaments. Like, I'm going to go out and kick everybody's ass. And probably you the same way. I got humbled. And I refocused my energy and said, okay, what's the best way to do this? Let's not get super emotionally charged. And let's go into this and, and logically pick something apart without getting emotional. Right. And so here's what's interesting is I think that – and I don't know this yet, but I'm thinking as this as this podcast goes along, and knowing knowing what I know and hear and hearing Sean talk on on jigs and bigs and and some of the interactions we've had, we have we have some similarities with, within preparation and mindset. Now I think we have we have differing we we, we obviously have differing, but we have some similarities in in. In the, I think the actual, the quote, the fishing approach, right? When it gets down to the fishing nitty gritty, what we're going to do to actually catch the fish, I think Sean and I are very similar. The difference comes into our expectations and how, we, and how we pump ourselves up and what and where we come from mentally before we actually throw the first fucking cast. Before we put our boat in the water. And so what I'll take, what, what we'll start on this is, and this this might change a little bit, but the, our, our number one thing on the Jigs and Bigs, Paul Hill's um, special, always got a whiteboard on hand because you never know when I might need to draw some stick figures and some shitty fish. But it's Or a wiener. Figure. What happened? <laughs> or a wiener. 
No, I don't. I don't. I don't draw wieners. Because why always, not? Because what's always, wrong with what's wrong with you? Well, I, I mean, I always draw. I, they're always crooked wieners. Nobody wants to see a crooked wiener. Okay, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right, draw so it from the, the side, then you can't see the bend. <laughs> you know what? Wiener some profile. People, some some people like some people like that curve. I don't know. That's I, what I'm know, saying. Yeah. I mean, I made two babies. Apparently, mine's okay a little bit crooked and short. You had to do, you had to do it from around a corner, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. My wife loves me. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> regularly handsome human being. No, I meant for the bend. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about now. We've got all the <laughs> Yes, we did. So anyway, you're welcome. All right, to, to bring this back in, God, look, y'all don't understand how Alex and, and Bobby Rose Beef like bring us back in to where the show's supposed to go. So this could go a lot of different ways. It ain't going Lockwood ways, but it's going to go, might go ways. Anywho. So the first thing is managing expectations. And I want to start off with this because I think this is the biggest area where we differ when it comes into mindset, when it comes in, not to the, not to the preparation, not what we're doing looking at maps and this and that. I think we're very similar on that. But it's that mindset on the way to the ramp, what's going through your head. On the way to the ramp, you get to the ramp and you put your boat in and you're sitting there waiting for a blast off. What's going through your head? And the number one thing on here is I'm there to fucking win. That's, that is my goal. Like, it's not to catch a limit. It's not to finish in the top 10. My goal every time I show up is to win because everything else, AOI, catching a limit, all that shit, to me, will happen if I win. So that's my mindset. And it comes from that competitive side of me. I grew up playing sports. You know, I mean, the whole... you. You and, and Sean, you coach basketball, and I'm sure we'll get into this. But, you know, you don't go into – so my mindset is – and I played on some pretty bad teams in, in high school. Um, You know, but as, as, as one of the leaders, I always – the thing was, we're going to win. Any given night, anybody can be beaten. And I've lived through a couple of those from, from – in high school, I lived through a couple in college – but that's my that's my mindset. I'm gonna win. Nobody's gonna beat me. I'm gonna win. And if I want AOI, if I want this and that, you know, if I want to limit, if I win, that shit happened. So that's the mindset going in. And I, I'll let Sean go because I know there's gonna be some rebuttal and some stuff that I have to talk through. But like that's my mindset. I don't pay money to go fish a tournament that. I don't believe I'm going to be able to win in. And, and that that's, to me, that's the mindset I have going into it because anything else just isn't successful. So, so I guess, how, how do you, well, I got questions for you on that. Like how, so you're not batting a thousand percent. Nobody wins every no. tournament. Never. So how do you no. how do you manage that mentally when you don't win? Because I think that expectation is too high. You know what I mean? I go out, I I go out and uh like I mean there's there's honestly I have two 
approaches to tournaments. Okay. Um, there's every tournament I'm in. And then the exception is knockout tournaments that are one-on-one. Okay. Okay. Because then I do worry a little bit more about the other angler, but I don't let it, I don't let it permeate me too bad. I'm just more, I'm more aware of the clock and I'm more aware of my surroundings, but, um, I mean, facing off against a good angler, I faced off against some some nasty ones. I mean, I got to the final of this knockout that I'm in this year, and it I, I had to go through a meat grinder to get there. It was no joke. Um, and I'm, I actually feel extremely lucky that I got through my second round matchup because it's literally one of one of the, if not the best angler in the country out of a kayak. And I survived that because I got that? two. It was uh, Derek Brundle. I got two big fish at with 45 <laughs> minutes left, and to. To say I went in there saying I was going to win w- w- mentally, no, I was going to go out there and I had a number that I felt could win, mm-hmm. could. And I got to that number with the first trophy fish and went past it with the second one with 45 minutes left. So, like, I did not, like, I, like, I think there's always, uh, the, the difference between you and I is you're thinking you're going to win. I always think I have a chance. But there's so many variables that could derail you. For me, if I if I manage those expectations and I say, okay, I have a chance. And then as the time goes through the tournament, those things that define my success are going to um, become more of a probability or less of a probability. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, so in generally in any tournament I fish, you're going to have Whatever places are, could be one through three, could be one through five, right? The number of those. I, I always like to place. I think that's a good idea. You know, that's definitely a good goal. But right off the bat, first thing, get a fish. Right off the bat, second goal is get a, get a limit. Third thing is start calling if I need to. Then, you know, as variables come and go, we always do, um, you know, aside from the, the placement and the lunker bass, we'll always have, I mean, almost always, well, I have a lunker pickerel or a lunker, lunker pike pool, depending on what's in the water um, that we're fishing. So that's always viable too. But like, I kind of look at it more, and this is from my gaming background, because I do play a lot of video games as well. And I know that's sacrilege to a lot of people that are outdoorsmen, but I play fishing games. You play video games, Sean? Absolutely not. Keeps your mind sharp. Seriously, some of them do. Hand-eye coordination, man. It's Dude. there. So well, That's a different conversation, because I could talk about some video gaming back in my days for sure. Yeah, well well I'm playing I'm playing retro I'm playing retro games and I'm playing retro fishing games as well. I mean it's just yeah. it keeps you sharp. But um the point is like with with a lot of games, you know, there's side quests. So yeah, you want to beat the bad, you know, you want to beat like Legend of Zelda, you want to beat Ganon, but there's all these little side things you got to do that help you along the way. So that's kind of how I look at tournament fishing is You've got the main goal, which, yeah, that's winning. You're going to get there eventually, or you hope to. But you got all these little side quests on the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, uh, the first thing I bring up, little little side story, is you you brought up Derek Brundle, and and probably a lot of people listen to this podcast, and you know anybody that tournament tournament fishes knows who Derek Brundle is. He yeah. has been a mainstay on KBF. Uh, he's one of the top Northeast anglers in the country. Him and Matthew Conant fish together. You know, they're, they're, they're two people well-known. So me and a buddy here down in North Carolina, Justin Faircloth, 
we we paired together to fish against them in the K uh, KB uh, KBBT KBBT yeah KBBT and when they they go through and they you know they run through it's just like uh you know the basketball um, bracket so they run through it everybody goes we probably had the we we were the last segment in looking at the pairings. And we probably had the shortest. Oh my god, who? Who? Oh yeah. Conant, Conant this, Conant this. And nobody gave us a chance. And in the hooks at Hoodlum's chat, I said, Hey, we're fishing against, you know, Brundle and Conant. And everybody's like, Oh, everybody knew that talked about um competitive fishing. Like, oh, you don't have a chance, you don't have a chance. Look, man, it's a two-day tournament. Me and Justin took them down. We lost in the last 30 minutes. Where were you guys? You guys were fishing in Carolina, and they were fishing in Massachusetts, right? Right, right. So think but think about that. We fished two different – we fished – Justin and I were on the same. So we had a local tournament we fished on Saturday, and then we fished another body of water on Sunday. <clears throat> and so we here, – here's how it went is that they called, I think it was, I think it was Conant. I might be wrong. One of them called a bass in the last 30 minutes that ended up beating us. During that same time frame, Justin lost a bass that would have had us win it. So when it, when it comes down to, and you look at sports, and if you follow any kind of sport, anybody can be beaten on any given day. You take football. South Carolina beat Alabama in like 2010 or 2011. No, the, the odds were unbelievable. It happens in March Madness every year. And so that's you know, that's the kind of story. The people you fish against do not get the credit outside of competitive bass fishing in these main circuits. But damn, y'all, y'all catch some fucking fish up there. So outside of that, that was kind of my little tangent, the first one. <laughs> You were going to ask me a question of how I, I think, what how I handled that when it didn't happen. What was your question going to be? Because you, yeah. You so if, it. so yeah, we got on a tangent. But if you're if you're going yeah. out to win every time, like I mean, yeah. I'm obviously playing to win. There's there like I fish at one level, just like you do. I go yeah. out and I I'm cutting up the water. I'm doing the same thing, I'm making fishing. adjustments as need. Yeah, we're fishing. Even if I'm out by myself. I mean, generally, I'm in a tournament, whether it's a monthly or not, from April Fool's Day to to, to Halloween, all right? right? So I am always in that mode. I'm always trying to find those fish and get those fish on the board. But right. I understand that I'm not going to win every one. So how do, you, how do you deal with that? Like, I mean, that just seemed like a really, like a, a mental burden you're putting on yourself. And I was, I was almost worried. I'm like, how do you deal with it? <laughs> Dude, so so yes, it is, and it takes it takes a mindset. It takes a it takes somebody to realize their limitations to have that mindset of I'm going to win every time, because in 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 kayak fishing tournaments, it's your your chance of winning is less than the chance of a hit in baseball, you know. You can be a 300 hitter in baseball and make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You're you're batting 
in the 100s, point 100s in fishing when it comes to winning. Well, winning or placing, again, that... Well, no, we're talking about you know, winning. Straight we're up winning, winning is, yeah. You're, you're, you're talking about, you know, a, a less than 10% chance you win every tournament you're in. So the mindset that that, that, so where I go from that is, is like, I have to go into a tournament with the mindset I'm going to win. Now, tournament's over. I don't win. I'm not in top 20. I have a shitty tournament. This past weekend, I had a, the, a fucking terrible day. I couldn't fish all day. Had to leave early. Didn't get catching fish. Didn't get a bite. Like it was, it, it could not have been worse. I didn't even catch a fish small enough not to enter. Right. So, so my mindset going into that tournament was that. But what I take out of that is this is my, this is, this is how I compartmentalize when I don't win. I come from that tournament. I was like, what you locally. I know how guys fish. You know, I talk to them. I know what they're doing. So I come in, I'm like, what were they doing that I wasn't? So right off the bat, let me interrupt you. How much do you trust them? That's the question. How much, how honest do you think they're being? I know how they fish. So we're not talking about bait or specific areas. We're talking about, how who they are as anglers like are they power fishermen or are they finesse anglers right that that's where i come at so what were they doing where were they where were they um so from that aspect i trust what they're saying because i know how they're fishing so you know a couple guys were telling me they were up on the bank catching them on jackhammers and they won the tournament and it's a specific game i'm like uh, that's probably not what happened. But if I know where they put in, I can kind of, I can gauge where they were from how they fished. Now that's not everybody. It's my first year fishing around these guys. But what I take from every tournament I don't win is a learning experience. Like where, where did I fall short? And when you do that, so I just started tournament angling from a kayak in February of this year. So I start to take that. And I'm like, where did I fall short? So we come to September of 2021. I'm able to look at how people caught fish, how they won, how they finished. And I start to break that down. Where, where's my deficiency? Because when I fish, I know what I did that day. I break that down. I'm like, where, where did, where did those top anglers finish? And what did I do wrong? So I break that down. Like I want to win every tournament because you never know when you might look into five, three pound fish hitting top water in, you know, 200 feet. You never know when you're going to get that. You have to have that mentality. Otherwise, you're going to fish. You're just going to be, you know, oh, shit, you know, blah, blah. 
you have to have I'm going to win that mentality. That's that's what I think. If All it right, doesn't right. happen, where did I fuck up? That's that's how I take it back around. But look, that shit ain't easy. When you think about it, when you say my mentality is I'm going to win every tournament, you win less than 10%. You probably less, honestly, in this area, you go to the hammers and they probably win less than 2% of the tournaments. But I take it as where did I fuck up? How did I mess up? Where are the places I can improve? And so that's, it's a learning experience to me, but this is this is the thing that I would say when I listen to tournament anglers that differs from me. I'm if if I'm trying to catch five fish, or if I'm trying to, or if I'm trying to catch a limit, or if I'm trying to catch the biggest fish, like I choose an area I think and I fish the way that I think is gonna get me to win. So I'm not gonna like, I'm not going to change that. Like, I'm fishing to win. You know, I'm not going to look at the scoreboard at, at 12 o'clock and be like, oh, fuck. You know, I got to run back every – like, I went to this area because I thought I could win. So All right, I get, I, I get it. I just – I just – I don't I, – I don't approach it that way. I approach it as I'm in a tournament. Here I am. Let's see what I can do. Because there's a million variables. Like I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I mean, most people that listen to the show know that there's a technique that I hate that I just won't use. It doesn't fit me. It's like Shaquille O'Neal shooting fucking free throws. I don't drop shot. I will never drop shot. All right, there are extremely extenuating circumstances where I'll, I'll slap a drop shot on, and it's not that I can't. I just don't like the technique, and I haven't had the results with it that that give me confidence. So I don't use it. All right, I know it works for other people. That's great. I do things that. Other people don't do that. They can't get to work. I get it. I play to my strengths. But what I do is I go out and say, here's the tools that I feel confident with, whether it's finesse or power. And I go out there and say, let's see what can happen. I don't ever say I'm going to win this because there's so many things I can't control. So many. I'm not trying any less, you know, I'm not putting any less effort in. But my mindset is, Okay, we're we're in a brave new world here. Even mm-hmm. though I pre-fished this lake two days ago, we don't know what'll happen, you know. And and I, you know, uh, I fished um, an EKF, an elite kayak fishing event, up at uh, Winnipesaukee. I've never fished Winnipesaukee before. It's a big lake in New Hampshire. Again, I went in there with the mindset of, okay, I have no expectations. Let's see what can happen here. And um, the fish were really, really tough to come by in in anything shallow. Actually, anything shallower than like thirty feet. The winners all drop shotted for 40, 40 to 100 feet. And I'm not doing that straight up because they were in shipping lanes. They were going, there were, I'm not shitting you. That's how big that lake is. There were fucking ferries with cars on it going by and laying on the horn so that these guys would get out of the way, but they're spot locking and they were drop shot in 70 to 100 feet of water. I'm not doing that. I put my money in for that tournament. I did not expect that. It was something outside of my control. I am not fucking drop shotting. They can have my money on that one. I'll be back the next one with the same mindset of here's a new body of water or here's a water I'm familiar with. What's going to happen today? And that's where I'm, I, I'll take my notes and go, okay, next time I come back here, I did this, I did that. Let's either continue on that plan or try something different. So, and, and I think this mindset comes from if you like, 
So if you take the national circuits, BSS, KBF, um, Hobie BOS, like there, you might, you have to, I think all of those, I could be wrong, but I think all of those, it's your top three finishes, right? So Depends. Yeah. So you go into those and let's say all you can fish is three. Or let's take uh, the the e, uh, the EKF or uh, what's it called? Elite Kayak. Yep, Elite Kayak Fishing. That's a, a yeah. northeastern regional well, trail. So that's regional. All-American is a regional. Um, in, in the Midwest, the, right? Midwest. So you you take that, like, what what is your goal out of that? Is it to make Dude. the TOC? Um, well, no. Like, I fished one event. All right. I was wow. on a, my schedule did not allow me to fish more than one event. So I was not, I was not making the championship unless I finished top, top five or 10, whatever the, whatever the so, ruling so was. Why would, so if you knew that this were exactly where I'm getting at. So if you knew you're going to fish one EKF event and you know, the competition you're going against, you're, you're, you're not, this isn't a, a I'm, I don't want you, know, this isn't a AOI but top 10. Either I win to make it to the championship or I win to get my money back plus some. Like, why would your mentality not be to go in and win? Why would you not throw? Why would you not do whatever you had to do to win? You know, why would you not go fish in an area you knew you could catch 100 inches or nothing? Like, if you have one shot, why wouldn't you go and shoot your shot at that area? Well, like, why, what, the mentality to me is, is, is that's it. Like that's the, like to me, every tournament I fish is the last tournament I fish. Yeah. See, it's not, I have, I'm older and I have longer vision than you for the future. You like just said, the EKF was the last tournament. That was the only one, the only yeah. test you had. Yeah, and it wasn't my la- it wasn't my last fucking tournament. I wasn't going out in front of goddamn fairies and dying, dude. You don't understand. Like, I don't know what kind of rec lakes you have down there, but people aren't sober up here when they're on fucking rec lakes and rec boats. All right. No, I stayed in I stayed in the shallows and I went I went to bat with that. Plus, we had storms moving in, dude. I don't I value my life a lot more than I do an entry fee for a fucking tournament. I'll tell you that right now. All right, you know? all right hold up, hold up. So, so I. You you don't have a good life insurance policy, and your wife would kill you if you died. She would double kill you. No, <laughs> if I die fishing, that means I can't fish again. You're right, but but let's take out let's take out the fairy shit, all that. You're in a lake where it's only kayaks. Does that mentality? You fish one EKF event, and that event is you win and make money and move on to the championship at the end of the year, or you don't like you outside everything else. What does your mindset change? Are you going to fish for just five fish? Are you going to fish for the biggest five fish you can find? I am, but I'm also playing to my strengths. You play D one football, right? What position do you play linebacker and punter? Well, uh, punter punter on the scout team as a linebacker, but yeah. Okay. so, So you play punter, right? At what point did you say to your coach during the middle of a game or right before a game when you were up against another ACC powerhouse, if you were up against what well, Clemson's in the ACC, right? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, so d- when you guys were getting ready and you're warming up against Clemson, did you say, fuck it, coach, I got to win, put me in a quarterback today? Because that's not your strength. If you want to practice a quarterback for a while and maybe you get good at it, that's great. Drop-shotting 100 feet of water is not my strength. I caught fish that day. I caught quality fish, but it wasn't enough to go over that top, and I'm okay with that. Okay, so so that so that's now so now we're getting into the mindset, right? Yeah, it was, it's the mindset of what do I want to achieve? Now, this might seem weird, but I'm not a goal person because I think when you make goals, a lot of people have short term, long term goals, but every hour of every day, things change that change those goals. So you have to be more fluid than I think most people make their goals to be. So, but why would you, this is, this is what I don't understand, Sean. Like, this is what I want you to tell me. If you knew, let's say you signed up for the EKF last minute, Thursday night at 11.59. So, you know what the weather's going to be. You've probably, let's say you pre-fished you know what water level is going to be. Let's just say you have a common knowledge of what's going on out there. And at 1150, you enter in that tournament. What, like, explain to me or help me understand why your only thought wouldn't be to win that tournament. It was. Okay. There's Great. no other way. There's no other way to fish. I just. I don't I you're saying you're setting a goal. You said I don't set goals, but your goal is to win the tournament. Right. My goal, my goal is a ladder. Catch one fish, catch a limit, keep going up the ladder. It's every time, every time I go out. Just like yeah. when you're when you're behind the center, you line up, you're probably doing you're probably doing a count to make sure you got eleven on the field, right? The punter does that. I'm guessing, I don't know, whatever, I'm making up procedures because I never played fucking football. But whatever whatever you do, you're counting, all right, we got 11 guys on the field, we're not going to get tanked for 12, right? And you're making sure you got 11 so you got your proper blocking. Okay, we got 11, I'm number 11, on the count, snap the ball, two steps, punt. I don't know if you're one of those little hop-skip punters like I am. I you know, I played soccer, so I, I got yelled at for that because I learned to punt from NFL punters in the 80s, so I have that, I come off the ground, you know what I mean? But, um. Yeah. Soccer coaches didn't like that back in the 80s and 90s. But uh, that's, you know, you have your procedure and you go through it. At that point, is are you upset if every kick is in 75 yards and drops at the two and stays there? Are I you? Mean, well, upset? I'm like, fuck yeah. If I know yeah. that's what I can achieve, you're damn right. Well, what happens when well, the gust of wind comes? Like what hap- what, what happens when the gust of wind comes at, in the midair? All of a sudden, it's been gusty all day, but it calmed down. As you get, as the ball leaves your foot, you get a crosswind that's twenty five miles an hour and kills a punt. Are you are you now completely you know drained because that wasn't your goal? Or are you saying I'll be back for the next one? No, like well, hell yeah, I'm coming back for next one. But let's take something less let. And so this is where we start to agree because we've taken that mindset down from winning every tournament, winning every time we go out to now kind of talking semantics, but take a free throw basketball. You coach basketball. Yeah. You have a player 
that has 95 shoots makes 95% of their free throws. So let what what is that? Like one out of every 95 they miss, whatever the matter. 19 it's 19 out of 20. Okay. So 19 out of 20. So let's say that you, your best player is on the line for two free throws to win the game. And it is their 19th and 20th shot at the free throw line and you know that because you're a good coach. Like that that it's the same thing. What that player is sitting there, that player ain't going, that player's not doing the math. They're not blowing, oh shit, this is my 20th free throw this game or my 20th free throw of, of the last two or three games. They're going, I shoot 95 fucking percent. I'm gonna make that motherfucker. No, but see that's it, that's where you're wrong. That's it's a mindset, dude. No, I play that's I was an wrong. all region basketball player. You ever take a statistics course in college? Oh fuck no! I couldn't math retard. It's not your that ninety five percent is reflective of the past. Your percentage for hitting that shot is fifty fifty. Okay, but what are the what are the what are athletes think? The athletes that think they're walking up to hit that free throw and saying, "Fuck, I'm gonna miss this motherfucker. I gotta get ready to rebound my own shot." Like that's different. but it's the mindset right but that's the difference i think that's what we get into from the the people that are fun fishing where they're like oh shit i don't give a shit if i get a bite or i don't care if this fish jumps off you know that's the difference me and you go fishing and like if we're we're out there fishing for two hours on a sunday like if a fish jumps off we're fucking pissed well, it usually costs us money. Right. But it didn't cost us money on that Sunday. Like, that's the mindset attitude for me. Well, see, that's where you're wrong. It does cost me money because I'm, if it's between April 1st and Halloween, I'm in a tournament. I'm in me every too. day. Me too. So, so, yeah, I do get pissed off. But I also understand, like, go, but that's not going into it. That's going into it. I'm looking at there's so many variables that you don't know yet. So instead of wasting my time thinking I'm going to win or I'm going to get pissed off if I don't win, I'm trying to devote all my energy to what is happening under the water. What am I seeing in nature? That's going to give me a clue as to what these fish are doing and how can I catch them? And how can I catch the biggest I can possibly catch that day? You don't know what they're going to do. You don't know. I mean, this is going to, this is going to spill into our second topic a little bit, but like, with competitors, like when you said, I'm going out to beat your ass and I'm going out to, to, to kill you, they have nothing to do with it. Nothing. Right. And unless, so they're sit, unless they're sitting in your boat lighting off fucking M80s or dynamite, <laughs> they're, they're not. Or somebody is causing a problem, in which case you go to the director and say, look, this guy broke this etiquette or this guy was breaking this rule. And, you, you know, some way, shape or form, that'll be taken care of for future tournaments. And that, that shit does happen. Yeah, but oh, for the does. most part, for the most part, we're we're out there on our own fighting against nature, and it's how how well you do that reading. Yeah, how that reading goes is going to determine how you finish. Whether it's before and you pick a spot on a map, or it's during and you make an adjustment, say either that spot's not working, or the fish are doing something different, or you name the variable, name it. But that's what I'm focused on. I'm not worried about winning or losing. It's focusing on reading those burial variables to do the best I can. You know, 
Like, yeah. I'll just I throw this out, and, I, and God forbid he listens to this podcast. But like, <laughs> if if Derek like that that instance with Derek Brundle when I fished one on one one with him, the scenario was I was coming off whatever day three of my second COVID vac shot, and I, I, my body was racked with pain. It was that was awful. That second shot. If anybody's got the Moderna that's listening to that, they probably went through the same shit I did. It was horrible. You got the Moderna? Yeah. Did it suck? The second um, one stuck. It, it didn't suck, but I'm also like 38 to 45 years younger than you. Oh, that's nice. So you're newborn. <laughs> Great. Good. No, that's really it, nice. It, I, it, it, it was, you know, I had some side effects. Yes, but I, I understand yeah. where you're coming from. From a, Yeah, I was, I was yeah. physically having some issues with, right. honestly, the left side of my body was fucking shitty. So <laughs> that day, you no, I... I don't know what the fuck it possibly with that shit. Who knows? But, uh, <laughs> but I went out there saying I have to face Derek Brundle, but it's at a lake. We both agreed on what? Okay. You're going to get a beer. I'll keep, I'll keep talking. You want me to stop talking? You want me to do hum some music? You're listening. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to an empty fucking chair here, folks. This is what you get. The quality of bass and brews. When swamp rat coming back, this sucks. I don't want to talk to a chair. I want to talk to him. Hey, Paul, why are you going all the way back there? There's a fridge behind you. He's going to the bathroom, isn't he? <laughs> this is dead air. I agreed to this, folks. This is great. <laughs> Do you not hear me? Did you go pee? I had my earphone in. I said it had to go tinkle. You didn't hear me talking to you? No, I didn't. Hey, let me let me give you a tip from us. Let me give you a tip from us old men, okay? You can go to your local uh, hunting and fishing store and buy a piss bottle that you can actually do that in your chair and nobody will see you. I'll even see you wink at me. That'd be funny. You're peeing, haha. So listen. So when going into that mat going into that matchup, right? I had no expectation to win against Derek and I told Nelson, who's a close compadre, lifelong friend. I was like, I've fished this lake before. I think it's going to take 54 inches out of three fish to win, which would be three uh, 18 inches. Yeah. That lake has a reputation for spitting out 17s and 18s. And I figured if I'm lucky, he'll do 54 inches. Like if I'm lucky, if he doesn't catch any giants, which occasionally he'll spit out a 19 or a 20, but if I'm lucky, so I needed that. By 7.30 in the morning, my prop was clogged so bad in one end of the pond because the, uh, the the weeds were up and the water was down. It was before all the torrential rains we got. I had to paddle back, and my rudder took a shit. I mm. couldn't control my boat. I had to paddle back to the launch. There's a deeper section at the beginning of this lake. I paddled back, and I was now confined to that section yeah. of the lake, and I lost an hour fixing my rudder. So right off the bat, I've given the best fucking angler, one of the best anglers in the country, a fucking hour, Top two. right? Yeah. I've given him an hour and he, uh, by seven 30 in the morning, when I was paddling back, I said 54, he had 53 and a half on the board. <laughs> Another bit of luck. The conditions changed with an hour left. I got close. I got up to 40 something odd inches. I got close enough within striking distance. I think it was at 48 when the conditions changed. I was paying attention to that and not worrying about the scoreboard. And I changed what I was doing to match those conditions. The rain came down and I went to a, I went to a lure instead of a, a plastic. I went to a, um, a lure with a lot of vibration that I could throw through some weeds 
mm. and it paid off and I got a 19 and a 20 plus and I, it was lucky. Like it was, but I, it was lucky. Plus I was paying attention to what was going on. You know what I mean? So, so side tangent, side tangent. <clears throat> and this, this is, this is when, when you and I joked texting about this, this shit going long and getting on, you know, this and that. This is this is a side note that I'll say, and I want to discuss this later. We can't discuss it now. But when people make, oh, I made a change going from fishing from from uh, shallow to deep to this lure, and I want it. And if I hadn't have made that change, I wouldn't have won it. Or, man, I left this spot and lost it. If I hadn't have left this spot, I hadn't have lost it. Like from a fishing perspective, from from a reality perspective, we, it, you you don't know that if you didn't go do it, you don't know if you'd have won or lost it. If you did something and won it, you don't know what what could have been. You don't you left where you were, and this is really hard for me to articulate. Like I've been thinking about this a lot because you hear anglers in competitive situations talking about, I made this decision to leave, to go to this spot, and that's why I won it. Or you say, I knew they were going to bite this. I just had to wait on them, and I stayed. But how many times have you stayed and then not bite? More often than not. How many times have you left and not gotten that winning bite? More often than not. And what what, what I'll allude this to are chickens. Chickens raised in a chicken house. All right? So you got these big-ass long barns where chickens are raised from eggs all the way up to the time they slaughtered. If you let that chicken out, that bitch is going to die within a day. It has no idea how to survive without food given to it. It does not know what freedom is. And so you look at that, like the decisions you make, you can't, they're not necessarily anecdotal. You can't make, I made a decision and won because you probably made that same decision a hundred times and lost. Where uh, where are we going with this? I don't know. Like it's hard to talk about. (laughs) Look, I mean. Like if you, you're saying you made the decision to go to this particular bait because of the weather. So first, yeah. you made the decision goes particular bait because of the weather. That's fucking that's that's wisdom. Like that's not knowledge. That's wisdom. I get it. I get it. Here's where the luck here, if you're worried about the term luck, if that's what is setting you right. off on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah here's yeah. where the luck came in. I've fished that place, I don't know, 20 times over the years, maybe maybe 15. The two fish that I caught when that weather changed, the 19 and the 20 were the two biggest I've ever pulled out of there at that moment. So yeah, I'd like to attribute a little bit of that to luck. That's never happened. But That's you freakish. Made that, but you made that change based off of wisdom, knowledge, past experience to just catch a fish. Yeah. Like what's my best what's my best possibility for catching a fish in this time and moment? Oh, yeah, shit. but the fact the I fact would- that they were over 18 is what I'm attributing. Like I've never but- seen fish of that size come out of there, especially but with I the would- techniques I'm using. But I, I would tell you that it doesn't matter the size of the fish is that you knew what to throw 
at that specific time and the area to throw it in to catch a fish. Yeah. Like so that's that's people, what competitive anglers do. Yeah. But like, I'm but I, I, anglers aren't gonna go, oh shit, the wind's blowing five miles an hour across this point, and at eight foot, I know if I throw this spinnerbait with four blades and this white skirt, I'm gonna catch two six pounders to win this. They don't know that. The only thing that they know is that with the wind blowing across this point, this particular spinnerbait in this area will catch fish. That's what they know. Or they're hoping, or they believe that it will happen. And then they know that the fish should be there. Correct. And then it's a matter of figuring out what they want to hit. But the bottom line was I'm attributing the luck to, I'd never seen fish that size come out of there. I've seen plenty of 17s and 18s. All of a sudden there's a 19 and 20. Why are you what? I'm very because confused. I'll now. tell you this: the you cannot you cannot win a tournament. You cannot catch fish where fish ain't. The number I, one, the number one thing to catching fish is to fishing where the fish are. I agree with you. I you, you, that is a skill. But what what separates what separates your ability to distinguish that a twenty under the water and an eighteen are going to hit? What's what? What are you saying? Well, no, I'm only going to this spot because there's 20s, not 18s. Nobody knows that. Nobody. You're right. Nobody. There's no. I will say this. I will say this. We didn't know that five years ago, ten years ago. But now, with the technology we have, people who fish enough can look at a fish on their live scope or what they they can understand the size of the fish. So. It's not not at, not at this place. This is the, you can take that place right out of the equation. It's so choked. Right, right. We're we're talking in general. Yeah. You can to answer your question. You can take somebody that is a live live scope expert. They can see a fish, and they can see the size of that fish, and they can determine if that fish is going to bite. There are professionals who can do that. But as 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 an average kayak angler. If you put yourself in a position to catch a fish where the biggest fish are, you're going to win. You did that. The, I don't think that's. But, but remember, remember, I didn't. Well, no, 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 no. The fish size is the luck. You have to remember, my game plan was to go fish the back half of this this water. That yeah. was physically impossible. Right off the bat, my game plan has an X through it. Now I'm left with the other half, and I have to make. I have to pay attention to everything that's going on. So, so hey, this is a good segue. We're going to skip number two and come back to it last because number three, what we talked about was what were our plans going in yep. and then how did that change throughout the day? Because I think that's important because, because what you're talking about right now, I had a plan going in and most of us competitive anglers, we've looked at GI, you know, we've looked at, at Google Earth, we looked at all that shit. We have a plan going in. But unless you've been on that water day in and day out, and listen, you know, it's 75 degrees, no wind, sunny. Day of fishing, it's 85 degrees, 30 mile per hour winds out of the east, right? Shit changes like that with the weather. So this is a good segue into what we plan to what happened. So go into that. On that day? Yeah, so you were going into that. You were saying, I had a plan to fish 
this body of water this way, but I ended up changing because of the weather. No, I ended up changing because the whole back end was so clogged with weeds. I couldn't use my pedal drive and my body was too sore to paddle through that shit. Okay. And my rudder broke. So when I, I actually <laughs> lost that time, went and fixed the fucking rudder. And, and uh, I, I told this story on on the, the show, but while I was fixing it, um, a very nice couple that was doing a little recreational paddling at the came to the launch and like, oh, that's a really nice kayak. And I was just so pissed off. I snapped at him. I'm like, yeah, when it fucking works, went back to fixing the goddamn thing. But no, I, I like this. This wraps up into a lot. I mean, this really gets tied up into a lot of stuff we've talked about on the show where, you know. God, I don't want to say this word. It comes back to the advantage conversation, which I don't know if you remember that fucking shit show. But yes. like there was a talk, there was talk of, do you have an advantage if you're in a pedal kayak versus a paddle kayak? Do you have an advantage if you're in a power versus pedal? Yeah, so right off the bat, yeah, right off the bat, I was in the position where um, that maneuverability was taken away from me and I had to think on my feet. And now my scope, because again, I'm not worried about what, he was doing i mean i was a little bit but i knew i still had my goal of 54 i would check and see if he went over it every now and again but he stayed at 53 and a half the whole day right that's out of my control and he said when i got back to launch and talk to him he told me he caught like 50 bass just no the upgrades didn't come you know what i mean it just it just didn't so i was i out of my own i mean this was not this was out of my hands i did not choose to fish that that part of the water um for the whole day that I fished, I was forced into it because of circumstances that I was paying attention to. I could have easily fucking paddled back out there. You know what I mean? Or I would have been miserable, but I could have done it and I probably would have lost. I was forced into that half of the lake and I made the best out of it with the knowledge I have and the expectations low. You know what I mean? Just do what I got to do. Keep upgrading. That's, that was, that's again, that's the, the steadiness. You know, you think like, uh, I don't know who to compare this to as an athlete. I mean, what athlete goes out and says, well, you know, we're, we're just going to go out and we're going to, we're going to do it. We're going to see what happens. I mean, I know, I know the Patriots are hated around the country. I'm not really a football fan, but you know, they, they don't ever make promises. They're just like, we're going to go out. We're going to play the game. We're going to hope that our kickers kick and our fucking throwers throw and our runners run and our defense defenses. So you know this is this is this is so guys this is kind of where we differentiate because he's saying it's luck because his ship broke and he fucking didn't have time. No, god damn it, Paul, Paul, stop, stop. I'm saying it's luck because the only luck I encountered was that I caught a 19 and a 20 instead of right. another 17 and an 18. I've but caught you fish went in that part because you knew the big. I went there because I had no choice. My fucking boat broke. I couldn't fish where I wanted to fish. But you I could went not there because you caught fish before, right? I well, yeah, but seventeens and eighteens, not a nineteen and a twenty. That was a surprise. Hello, I didn't know they would be over here. Could you have gone to the bank and caught fifteen and fourteens all fucking day long? That place, no, it would have been 17s and 18s. That well, place is notorious for 17s. I have problems catching small fish there, well, so which is a bad a, problem to have. First of all, that's a fucking great-ass lake. Well, I'm, the smallest I don't catch 17s, that's fucking awesome. But here's my here's my thing is, all right, look, here here's, here's what I'm saying. So you're saying the luck was the size of the fish. 
Correct. All right. We let's let's go back to the beginning where you say we can only control certain things. Correct. So we can only control where we fish and how we fish, right? Correct. Right. So, but you went to an area that you knew had fish. And to me, and look, personal personal example. I have I have gone to fish areas I thought had big fish because I was in a position to win the tournament tournament instead of going to a place that I knew had fish. Let me let me let me make this a little clearer for you. The body of water that we fished was like 250 to 300 acres. It's a small pond. So, I lost yeah. Listen, I lost probably three quarters of that. I was confined to an area smaller than a football field. And I'm not exaggerating because of the weed growth and because I, my, my kayak was having problems. Mm. I just covered that area over and over again. It was a small circle. It was less than a football field. It was probably half the size of a football field. Did you think fish were in that area? It, it doesn't matter. I couldn't go anywhere else for six (laughs) hours. You just said you could have, it would have sucked. Oh yeah, well no no, it would have been physically improbable if not impossible. But yeah, right. sure, I could have I could have been screaming and paddling my way through a bunch of shit. I was confined to an area that allowed me to fish, and I did and I made if, the most out of it. If you would you have paddled to that area that would have been improbable with the guess that it might not have worked if it was for a million dollars. Would have you would have you gone up there to fish that area for a million dollars? Why, that's ridiculous. I, I, I probably not. <laughs> Boy, because, shit. because again, you listen. Ass up there so, if you lost that million dollars because you so listen get back in time. No, so listen. That hydrilla was so bad. It was up to the surface. I couldn't pedal. I could barely paddle. And my whole plan and the success I've had at this place was to run a certain kind of lure that I couldn't run there. Yeah. It was done. I was that. My game plan was the big fucking X right at 730 <laughs> in the morning or six in the morning, whenever it's. Whenever the shit storm but started, did you win? I did. I won that round. You, yes. But you also threw the right bait at the right time in the area I was confined to. Don't say it was right. the area I chose. Right. The, the area I was confined to. But you looked at the area that you had to fish. You were knowledgeable enough of the fish in that area to say, hey, I ain't throwing. I ain't throwing a spook through this shit. I'm not throwing a a swim jig through this. I'm throwing this. And you won. So so there's there's a lot of knowledge that I think anglers don't don't put into it. They like there's the there's a luck aspect of fishing, yes. Yours this is a great example. I can catch 17, 18 inch fish off this spot every day of the week. This day, I went there because I had to, because I couldn't go anywhere else. I threw this bait. I caught 19 and 20s and won the tournament. Is there luck in that? Yeah, but your competitor was also fishing in the same exact fucking conditions. Yeah. So, so you know, there's the luck in that is being at the right place at the right time. Correct. But you can't be at the right place at the right Anglers are in the wrong place at the wrong time 99% of the time <laughs> than they are at the right. And you can go through and look at the kayak angling damn 
you know, Tourney X and Fishing Chaos and look, and I can guarantee you the percentage is probably about 98% of the anglers in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's why they ain't catch fish. And I've been a part of that. But so, but the thing yeah, is, what I, what, when I, I see you, that. Wait, wait, wait. I will tell you, somebody like you, somebody like Derek Brundle, uh, Russ Snyders. I mean, we can go down the line of these professional. Or you're these putting me in some some uh, some some royal company there. Why don't we let's be a little realistic? You're talking about Sean. Yeah. Again, that's like saying, "Hey, I went up against a major league pitcher. He struck me out 45 times, but I got one hit. That ain't getting me the Hall of Fame, bro." But you Base- fish with these guys, and you you have finished above them in other tournaments and most of the time they finish above me great just saying there's we, there's we're your not, we're not but all right this is going to be a segue in a minute into <laughs> competition but look when we get to the luck standpoint there's luck involved there's the 100 there's luck involved but there's not luck involved with you going fuck I can only fish this area of the lake and this is the, this, I have two lures I can fish here. I know this. I can fish this lure or this lure. You fish one or you fish both. It doesn't matter, but you know, you, you can only fish the, this section of lake because my fucking shit's fucked up. I'm fishing these two lures. That is the boot boat. That ain't fucking luck. No, again, were, it's not. It's not. I, I, ex, I expected to catch fish with those lures. That's not luck. Yeah. The luck came in because it was, I didn't expect a 19 and a fucking 20 and a half. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way for any angler to say like my, my statistics and my record, that I, you know, I keep for everybody again who doesn't listen to the show. I keep, I've kept a database for my own yeah. fishing for twelve years. Every fish, smallest bluegill, biggest northern pike, every fish, just to whittle down the lures that work for me. If I've been using a lure for two years and I've only caught twelve to fourteen inch bass on it, but hundreds of them, I might keep that lure around just in case as a, as a kitchen sink. But chances are, if I'm not starting a tournament with it, you know what I mean, like a. I don't know. Make something up. I always use the example of the old uh, the Zoom. Uh, no, the Zoom baby brush hog is a great example. Like I found yeah. ways to use it and catch fish with it, but I don't start my day with it. That's like okay, I'm in some trouble here. I need to fucking readjust. Like let's try that. But that's just an example. The bottom line is nothing. I had nothing that told me that what I was doing at any point in any number of conditions would turn up those two fish of that size. But at you that knew moment, what you were doing was going to get you 17 to 18 inches. To what I felt was I could hang and possibly make a run and keep it close. And but then those two fish were beyond my expectations. Beyond you so. look, so we 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 are in the you remember the movie Con Air? I do. Unfortunately, remember- I do. Oh, oh my God! It's my one of my favorite movies ever. Sorry to hear that. Remember, you have, hor- you you have horrible the, taste. <laughs> do you remember the little part with uh, uh, Bushimi and what's his name talking about semantics? I think that's where we are right now. We're in an impasse because no, I'm, I'm s- telling you, you you made a decision that won you won you that tournament, even though that what 
wasn't what you were expecting, but if you had done something differently because you weren't expecting that, you wouldn't have won it. I get that. <laughs> I get that. But what I'm saying is you're making it seem like I'm calling my shot on those two fish, and I was absolutely not. No. I'm not okay. trying to make it sound like Sean the Fisherman was a god. He wasn't Zeus saying, motherfuckers, I'm about to catch a 19 and a 20 and a half on this spot because it's just a perfect day. No, what I'm saying is, is Sean the Fisherman's ship broke on his kayak. And Sean Good. the Fisherman got put in a position where he had to say, all right, this is this is the structure. This is the cover. And this is the weather I have to fish. What gives me the best chance to catch a fish? Yes. And this is a perfect segue into that's why I'm not worried about who I'm competing with. They're doing their own thing. And I can't. No, no. Number two competitors. That is that's number three. Oh, you're erasing number three. By accident, because I'm not good at this whiteboard. I'm not a teacher like you, Sean. Fuck off. Now I'm a fucking teacher. (laughs) That's why I don't worry about what competitors are doing, because I learned a long time ago, you know, like, great example. When I first started really tournament fishing, this is 10 years ago, a buddy of mine bought a bass boat. We would fish at an extremely high, um, highly pressured lake that's near us. But as far as tournament goes in Massachusetts, as soon as this thing ices out, until ice up, it has tournaments, and it's usually four to five a week, how and it's big boats. Uh, I don't know how many acres, 1,500, 1,200? Oh, my gosh, a goddamn pond. It gets smashed. Jeez. We don't have you. We don't. The biggest lake in the in the in uh, Massachusetts. We actually can't fish um, for turn <laughs> for tournaments. You can fish it. You have to rent boats from there. It's Boston's water supply. They don't fuck around with it. Like when when nine eleven happened. The place got completely closed, and there were armed patrols around it for months. So what you're like, saying is, is the Nate Hoodset Hoodlums competition ain't gonna be in that lake? No. Well, they could do it, but it would be unannounced. I mean, it wouldn't be a. Yeah, but anyways, like anyway. there's a there's a couple of bodies of water out here that get hammered to the point where it's how many tournaments are are is a joke. And if you're catching fish out of there, you can catch fish under pressured conditions, and that's. That's why I think, you know, this is a tangent, but that's why I think a lot of times when Northeast anglers go out into the rest of the world and, and go to these tournaments, uh, whether it's KBF or Hobie or whatever, that are not Northeastern, and then they do well, it's because you're fishing water that is so tight and you get to these bigger bodies of water and it's like, hello, there's fish out here that will actually hit shit. You know what I mean? Even if they are Southern strain largemouth, you know, Florida strain so- largemouth. And so what I'll say to y'all, because how I grew up fishing was in in farm ponds. And so the bodies of water were super small. So you broke that down. And what I see, you know, and I I say this from talking to you and talking to Nate um, and watching Brundle fish is y'all, those Northeastern folks are able to break down a body of water super quick. Because they have have that mindset. Because, yeah, your bodies of water are small. So you're able to take a huge lake and find the places where, and Drew Gregory is another one that's good at this, but you're able to take a huge body of water and go, where, what area of this lake am I successful? Like, what looks like my lake at home? And then you take it and you take, you know, a, 15,000 acre lake 
and you break it down to a thousand and like you give you get Derek Brundle, he's down there for two weeks at Cato. Yeah. Where's he gonna finish? He's gonna finish in the top ten almost guaranteed because he's got two weeks to break that lake down to how he fishes. And that's how Kevin Van Dam, all these anglers, they break a lake down. Uh, here th- just this year with with um with kayak angling, they break a lake down to how they fish. I like to fish Cinco's, whatever it is. Like this is where I'm gonna break it down. So I mean that's that's the thing about those northeast anglers is y'all are fishing small bodies of water. They're heavily pressured. But people are able to take that information and then to take a lake somewhere else in the country and be like, break it down. I don't care how pressured it is. They break it down to how well they fish. What what looks the same? Because bass are bass. Let's be real. They are. But I'll tell you, after fishing in the north and south, man, southern bass get a lot more temperamental. They react they react a lot more sensitively yeah. to to fronts and stuff. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they are two different subspecies. There's northern and southern, you know, and the southern yeah. have what two or three within them. They do two, different but, things. But but you wonder. But see, that's the whole thing. What you just said, you understand that. So yeah. you you understand if you go to Florida, what does a fish look like in Florida with a when it goes from seventy to fifty? And I know, as shown the fisherman, I know the bass in in Massachusetts, when it goes from 50 to 30, what the bass are going to do, you have that knowledge to then to then say, hey, these fish are going to go to this the lowest depth in the lake, and they're going to be, they're just going to be in the mud. So I know I got to throw a jig and not hop it, but drag it across the bottom. Like, that's the thing. That's I think that's where the northern anglers, why they tend to do well in Florida. One is the grass, and two, I think they understand that that side of the bass. The you know that that side of it, because y'all y'all live through that. Florida has two cold fronts a year, and when the cold fronts come through, all the Florida anglers like them bitches ain't they ain't biting. I'm going to the bar drinking. Because the motherfuckers ain't gonna bite for four days, so I mean that's 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 kind of where I get into I, the luck of fishing. To me, people overestimate the luck versus their their knowledge and their wisdom. I just think the luck comes in where when you're trying to catch an 18 inch fish and you catch a 19 or a 20, you can't do anything about that. You can put yourself in position to, but how did I, you know, how do I know that that 19 didn't beat out two 18s for that fish, for that lure? You know what I mean? Like, you but, don't know these things. So that's the, that's the semantics of fishing. I mean, those are the unanswered questions. Yeah. The only thing we can do, and we'll get into competitors after this, the only thing we can do as anglers is put ourselves in a position to catch the fish we think we need to win. And that's where we go into competitors because 
You're, you're, you're not worried about what anybody else can do. And like I said, all my energy doesn't go into, I'm going to win this. All my energy goes into what's happening around me. I am literally becoming a sounding board for the environment or trying to, you know what I mean? I'm paying attention. Okay. To I'm, I'm, I'm not just yelling at the goddamn Heron that's over the dock. I'm looking, I'm looking to see if he's snagging bait fish Yeah. in the, in this, in the, you know, when we get, um, when we get iced out up here in the North, I'm looking for painter turtles. I'm looking for sliders because if they're around, there's active fish around. Mm. That's, that's my temperature gauge. Like the temp, the air temperature and the water temperature can be whatever I'm reading. But if I see those turtles out, I know that I've got a chance of catching fish with active, like actively, not just doing some extremely, you know, cold weather techniques or anything like that. I'm looking for those things. I'm waiting for the wind to shift. I'm noting that, okay, well, I had a five mile an hour wind here an hour ago. It just died. Like what the hell just happened? Where's it going to pop up from next? I'm doing those things. And thankfully with, with the weather, um, you know, with the internet and the weather uh, uh, stations, reports, et cetera, we have nowadays, generally you don't get too surprised. You can see what's coming for the most part. You know what I mean? There's always a couple of surprises. If you hear you get extreme weather and you get hail instead of rain, well, that kind of sucks, but you know, Again, it's, it's all part of the puzzle. But one thing I don't worry about is the competitors. I don't, I'm not saying I'm better than them. I'm saying I cannot control what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They might all finish below me. They might all finish above me. I might finish somewhere in between. I don't know. We're going to see where that shakes out. But all I'm going to worry about is me reading the water and making sure that if, if something's going on that, and I brought this up on the show a million times, you know, as a punter, as soon as that ball hits your hands, your clock, maybe as soon as it snapped, your clock is starting before you get your head taken off or your leg. Like that's something I always try to tell any competitive angler to develop is like you're sitting on a spot. That's great. You've caught 18, 12 inches. Next time you submit one, take a look at the standings and that's where I sh- you should see. And if you are that far behind, maybe the 12 inches aren't going to do it for you, but on some days it might be. That's, that's the only time I kind of look and say, all right, where am I hanging out now? Like, do I need to make a change? Is it time to make a change? It's, it's again, it's another assessment. You know what I mean? So, and, and so this, this is really good. This is where my mindset is different than yours. Because when it comes to like thinking about the competitors, like I don't, I don't, I'm not going to change how I fish because because of how Sean the fisherman is doing, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning. Like, the, but the- if if you've been fishing one spot for three hours, and and whether it's Sean Nelson, anybody is well above you, and you've been catching fish, but it's twelve inches. Are you not going to make a change at that point? Whether it's a lure or a, you know what I mean, a hundred percent. So yes. This is this is so this is where we bring y'all this is where we bring all this shit together. <laughs> this is how this is how we bring the first part of this conversation into beginning and during fishing. This is where we bring it together. Because yes, because if I go into a place, my mindset is I'm gonna win. And I have an area of the lake, I'm like, I'm gonna win this motherfucker. I go in there, and at 10 o'clock, I've caught 
five 12 inches for 60 inches. And the winner, first place at this point in time is let's say 85. I'm sitting here going, what you know, where the fuck all right, where the fuck do I go? Because I know where the fish are. I just gotta get bigger fish. How do I go there? Because my mindset is I want to win. And Sean just says his mindset, he's wanna win. If he's looking no, at I didn't no, say no, that. You just said you just said if I'm looking at the scoreboard, I've count five twelve inches. Yeah, like well, what did I what did I say about winning or placing? I didn't say anything. My goal is to stay competitive. Winning every time is that's an extreme. Like I'm not going to win every time. I understand that, but I'm well, fishing the same way, and I always want to stay competitive. Twenty is that fishing in the top ten at OI? Like, what is what? But define define what what that is. I want to finish as high as possible, but I'm not going to lock myself into expecting to win or going out to do that. Like, but I'm going goal. out fishing the same way every time. When I if I'm if I'm submitting a fish and I see the scoreboard that like okay I I'm in a spot where I've been catching nothing but small fish the clock's going off in my head are those sixty inches are those five twelve inches you just mentioned going to keep me competitive or not do I need to make a change in that aspect you know what I mean so but this is why I hate making goals is because the goal has to be attainable and for it to be attainable it has to be a a number that you can attain so like. If your goal is to be competitive, what what is that number? It changes. Like you you, exactly. You don't know that. So that's why I go in the mindset that I'm going to win because I'm not going to fish any differently. It, I'm going to fish the same way. Like I'm going in to catch the five biggest fish. The, in the kayak world, that is that is how we we kayak fish. That's the tournament. Five longest fish. Like, I'm going to areas to catch the five biggest. And so I guess you can put me in the world of it's all or nothing. <laughs> no, we and, agree on that. But yeah. I, where we don't agree is I'm not going out to beat anyone else or say I'm going, I'm out there to kick your ass. I'm out there to catch the five biggest fish. Right. That I, that I can. Right. And if I look and have to adjust and see that, my five biggest fish that I've caught in an area are not going to cut it. Then I might have to change something. I would probably, if I found fish, I would probably change lures first to say, well, let's bump up the size. Well, let's do a little different to see if I can attract a bigger fish in that area. But again, I don't know to say to you, you're going out there to beat someone's ass or kick their ass. Like I'm not making it on a personal level. It's, it's just fishing We're we're, we're going, I'm, am I in there to do the best I possibly can and hope I can win? Yes. Do I expect to win every time? No. But so I'm going to do my best. Right. And so that's the competitive side of it from from competitors. Yeah. Like, you're in fishing. You're going to get beat by people who have less knowledge and less time mm-hmm. fishing than you. More often than not, just like you're going to lose tournaments. Depends like on what level you get up to the higher levels. That probably you, you, that happens a lot less. You know what I mean? Is, yes, but it's also the number of people. I mean, if you go to the KBF National Championship, you got three hundred seventy anglers. You know, Jim Bob, who just started fishing out of the kayak last year, could whoop your ass for two days. 
That shit happens yeah. all the time. But then you go to Hobie BOS where they got 50 anglers, the top 50 in the country that that made it there from a you new know, from a standpoint yes. of 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 uh, uh, shit. What's the word? I'm you know, week over week, tournament over tournament. Like that. That's different. But in general, you can anybody can beat. 2001, we beat Florida State like 41 to nine. They were number five seat, uh, number five team in the country. Nobody gave us a chance. Two weeks after 9-11, we beat the shit out of them. And so I've, I've had those. But what we get down to the fishing side is this, is that I don't compete with Sean. I don't compete with Matt Dunn. Like, I want to beat those guys, but where I want to win is against the fish. Okay, that's different. So that that that's clarifying what the comments that originally started all this are because, you know, when I listened to that show was, I want to get out of the water. I want to beat your ass. And that was a competitive, straight-up competitor thing. Yeah. And I know you do. I want, to beat Sean, I want to beat your ass when I get out of the water, but I'm not competing with you. I want so to we, win. But I know yeah. that I've, I've got to catch a certain amount of fish. Yeah. So the so the beating my ass is second is a secondary goal to catching your limit of the five biggest fish that you can, because that will biggest. Yes. What we what we found out is that you're making goals and just not admitting to it. (laughs) No, no, no. I. Yes, but no, no. Like I I just beat your ass. I'm I'm not making a. A, all right, I know I'm going to Falls Lake this weekend. I know I need 95 inches wind, so I'm catching 95 inches. My goal is to go out and catch. Like I don't look at the leaderboard unless I have five fish, because up until five fish, that shit don't matter. Well, but what, sometimes sometimes it does. If you get a you, bat, you know, to me it doesn't though. I mean because. I'm not going to change. Like, I'm out to catch. I go to fish the area, and I fish where I think I can catch the five biggest fish. Yeah, so here's – here's this is semantics, but here's why I'm saying that. The last tournament I directed for, for my division in the Massachusetts Kayak Bassing um, organization, we went to a lake that it was the first time a lot of us had fished it in a tournament. A couple people oh, yeah. pre-fished. What was, what was and, the name of that lake? You- uh, we're not going to – it's a lake that shall not be named. So um, we went out there, and it was uh, it was rough, dude, and no and nobody caught a limit. You know, the winner caught three bass. So it was it was a horse race, man. It was fun, and those kind of tournaments can be fun where everyone had a shot up until the last second. You know what I mean? Well, we we had a tournament. So my first ever tournament fishing was at Sharon Harris in February with CCKF. And I had been fishing Sharon Hare since December. So I, I had a general idea where the, where the fish were going to be. It was cold as shit. We had a cold front push through. We launched that morning. It was 21 degrees. Fucking just terrible conditions. We caught 75 anglers. Entered six fish. <laughs> that sucks. I hate that. That really sucks. Six fish. 
were entered by six individual anglers. But and here's where here's where so, that could be oh, fun. Oh, oh, oh. Let me finish the story. Six fish by six different anglers out of seventy five, and the guy who won he ended up winning like sixteen hundred dollars with a twenty one inch fish doing some bullshit <laughs> up on a piece of lake that you'd never thought of. And so, like that's that's the whole like that's that to me. I lost two fish. Now, were the fish at all, were they catfish or white perch? They could have been. Where I was fishing, they could have been a seven-pounder. And I know that from the fish that other people had caught and that I knew were in the area. The two fish that I had that came off, I never saw, they could have been damn seven-pounders. But they also could have been a little-ass catfish or a little-ass white perch. Well, you could have kept those to eat, man. I didn't catch them, so I couldn't fucking keep them, Sean. I know you. That's why I said you could have. But I mean, that's a that's a fun tournament where you have anglers of various skill levels, and everybody has a shot. It's not just like those normal three or four guys that always win every tournament or always in the top five mm-hmm. plus one. You know, it, it sometimes those tournaments can be fun, but for us, that 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 one sucked. I was not pleased with the way things went out at the lake that shall not be named. Fuck that place. <laughs> fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck that lake. So, but, so tell me, so tell me then this. Like you've been fishing, you fished boat tournaments as a co-angler, you fished as a kayak angler. Like, is it different for you fishing in a, a as a co-angler? And I, I know we're stepping out, but this is important to me. Because we have people that fish as co-anglers. Like, is there a well, hold on. I, you fish as a co-angler to a kayak? Like, there is. For you? All right. So the latest, and we're going to, this is, I think we've wrapped everything. We definitely covered everything. Well, we didn't cover autopsies, but we kind of did. I mean, as far as the three topics we had, I think we can wrap that. But like, as far as, as far as that, um, when I was fishing tournaments, whatever, 10, 12 years ago, um, it was just, it was me and a friend and we were learning and we didn't, we had our heads up our asses. And honestly, the best I ever did at that extremely pressured Lake was when I first started figuring out how to read water. And I said, I know this sounds funny, but let's stick in this one area and do this one technique. I think we'll be all right. And right off the bat, I got a little 12 incher. I'm like, yay, this is the first time we've been to one of these fucking tournaments and not been skunked. And then we stuck on that pattern and I caught what would have been the lunker bass, but I told this story in the show too, right before the tournament, when we registered, I said, we've been in this tournament for three years. I'll be damned if they're getting my $5 for Lunker. Fuck them. (laughs) And I didn't put in on the Lunker pool and it was a weight tournament. I was the only person who, who, who broke five pounds. And when, uh, when they called my name, I was like, I can't take this. I didn't win Lunker. I didn't pay for it. And they're like, okay. And the next guy stepped right up and smiled at me. And I'm like, well, I did the right thing, but always pay your five fucking dollars. People. I do now. I, I don't joke around every lunker pool. If I just you get into learned it. anything from this fucking podcast is shown. The fisherman knows how to find big fish, but he thinks his luck. And secondly, shown <laughs> the fisherman <laughs> knows that he pays his five fucking dollars for lunker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so back in the day, it wasn't, I, I didn't, 
you know, I, that was the first time I planned something out. That was the only, I think the only time I ever did that. And then moved on to kayak fishing where I'm in control of my own boat. I don't, I, I have a tandem that, I, you know, my wife and one of my sons use. I don't get into Most it. Nice We're talking about your own boat. Yeah. So that's where I really learned to read water on my own. And then actually the, just a month or month and a half ago, um, good old Joe from Old Glory Outdoors hosted a big boat tournament. Fucking Joe uh, yeah. Brown? Who the fuck is that? Who the fuck Who is the Joe, fuck Brown? Joe Brown? So, uh, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he an asshole? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who the fuck he is. Okay. Well, we don't, just because you don't know who the fuck he is, you don't know he's an asshole. But, anyways, <laughs> he hosted a, uh, a big boat tournament. I do have another friend that has not competitively fished in his, in his bass boat. He goes out and has a good time. And I always try to get out with him, especially during these multi species tournaments we do. Cause they're, we don't have restrictions on boats or shores or anything like that. And he's been out a couple of times, but we're out in a monthly tournament. It's not like high pressure. This was a little bit more pressure. And what he said was, he goes, let's do this Saturday. We're in. He goes, I hope you have a plan. He said that to me. And I said, I'll develop a plan. So I, I said, here's where the wind's going. Here's where I'd like to hit. There's a little bit of structure here and there's a little bit of structure here and we went through plan a b and c and came up with only one fish that i caught at like 7 30 in the morning or something like that right when we got out there and i said okay we're fucked we're going to plan d which is the kitchen sink and we're going to move back and then we loaded up on fish and finished third and we probably i'm not gonna say probably we could there was a possibility of finishing higher neither of us had a scale it was a tournament where you dealt with weight we have rulers um I'm just so used to that at this point. And we didn't, we had two fish that were, man, one was longer and skinnier. The other one was shorter and fatter. And they were just so close to each other. We're both going like this. I I can't tell. I can't tell. And we were, we were within, um, I think it was a 10th of a pound, a 10th of a pound difference between third and second place. And for all I know, we could, we threw away the bigger fish. I don't know. So, So Sean was, Y'all were y'all catching those fish at that point in time, and in that area, was it luck or was it knowledge and wisdom? After we hit those fourth, the four spots I wanted to hit, whatever it was, Plan E, I was at. Let's go try there. I don't have any other answers. So was it luck or wisdom? Did you go there because you thought? There could be big fish there because you had caught or seen big fish there. I had never been to that spot. So it was wisdom. This is a spot fish could be. I don't know if it was wisdom or fuck it. We're not catching fish anywhere else. We had some options that I decided not to pursue. And I'm like, I don't know. Just go for that one. Like it's closer. We'll get more, a lot more time to have lines in the water. But you're, your buddy would have never gone there before because he had no knowledge, right? He'd never been to that lake. Yeah. And I've only fished there three times and I never fished that part of it. I was like, damn, but you again, it looked good. Like to me, that's what separates. That's what separates the, the people who, who win the people who finish in the top versus the people who don't get a fucking bite. Well, I think that was more of an internal clock thing. And, Again, I mean, I was like, I don't know what else to do. Like we've, we've fished what I thought, where I thought fish would be and they weren't. And it was just like, let's try something new. And that's, that was where we went. And honestly, the fish that we caught that ended up 
you know, putting us in third place, it was around a point and I, it was just, we stumbled onto a, a mass of fish. Like I did not, this, where those fish were was in such a nondescript spot near a point. But because if I find a point or some piece of structure, I fucking, you know, most people will rip it apart. It's not like you take two casts and move on. I, I go through it again, methodically cut it up, come around the point, And just by chance, there was a pool of fish in a nondescript spot. And I was like, what are these doing here? But they kept biting. Yeah. And we, we, we stuck on it. We, I mean, I know bass boats are a little bit different where people are a little more cutthroat, but we stuck on that (laughs) spot and, you know, people were trying to get in on us and we just didn't move because when that, when that, when we started catching fish, the golden rule kicks in, you find fish, you don't leave fish. That's right. And then, you know, people were trying to move in. It's like, we're here. And we stayed there for three and a half hours. <laughs> but, see, but, dude, this is you. The, you let's just let's just say I'm putting words in your mouth. You would call that luck, and I would say it's not luck. You you put yourself in a position to find fish. That's all it was. Now to get those fish to bite. That could be luck because it be, could be timing. You know, they're not going to bite between 11 and 12, but they start at one. But that's when you, if, if you think about, and I've alluded to this on this podcast numerous times about buck parry and structure fishing. This guy was promoting structure fishing in the 50s and 60s before structure fishing ever existed, before sonars existed. Like it was a whole different thing. But you put yourself in a position to catch fish because we cannot catch fish where fish ain't. So if the fish aren't there, you can't catch them. doesn't matter how pretty it is. But this is another story that you've alluded to for like the 18th time that you keep not giving your credit, yourself credit for that you you put your you put yourself and your partner at this point in time in a position to win because this this is an area the fish are and you I mean you knew that or you wouldn't yeah, have no, it for no. three hours it doesn't no no oh my god I, you were I stayed there because we caught the fish we stayed there right. because the, the bite was there we had we found a bite the problem was. And I've, I've explained this on the show a million times. When anglers do prep and you use a topo map, when, you are, when you're up in the Northeast, the topo map only tells half the story. The other half is the weeds because you're not going to see what the weeds, right. how they're growing, pockets they're leaving, how, how high they are to the surface. You don't see that on the topo map. So you have to go into the unknown and figure that out while you're fishing. Right. That's what we did, dude. That was an unknown area. We'd never been there. You couldn't see that. All right. But there's certain, there's certain things I always gravitate to. You always gravitate to a point, right? I went to that point. We caught a couple small fish. And then I said, well, we've got a couple little ones. Let's see if there's anything else. And then we worked our way around the point. And then on the other side of the point, there was a nondescript. I don't even know it was a pocket. I have no idea. We never went over it. I don't know what we were casting to that was holding an area of fish, but when we hit them, we stayed there because the golden rule is you never leave fish to catch fish. So that ain't fucking luck, dude. You use knowledge. 
No, I used logic, 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 not knowledge. I had no previous knowledge of that spot. That's logic. No, you used knowledge for the situation that arose. Oh, my God. You you know what? I'm going to keep recording this motherfucker until the point that we are asleep and in bed (laughs) because... You you are not giving yourself enough credit for the the amount of knowledge that you have fucking fishing. You you you're not like I have a ton of knowledge. Dude, I, I, I agree with that. Exactly. I got 31 years, but it doesn't your, matter. Sean, it matters when from a competitive standpoint, it matters when you take that knowledge and you put yourself in a position. To catch the fish because of that knowledge. Because yeah, but- look, my drive's fucked. I can't get to where I want to fish. I can only fish this area. But looking at the weather, this area, what I have, these are the baits are going to bite. So that's what I throw and you catch them and win. But that ain't fucking luck, Sean. What? Again... At what point have you ever said to somebody, I saw, I knew exactly there were going to be three or four 18-inch fish right there. That's where the, that's where the luck comes in, man. Like, you don't know there's always an element of it. Always. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's 100%. No, I, did I put myself in position? Yes, I did. I did it unknowingly. Those I did not know. I've never fished no, that spot before. No. There was. It doesn't matter. You put with, yourself in the position. It's with, there's no difference in me going to the same lake and doing my research and going and being like, "Oh my god, this fucking spot looks great. I'm gonna fish here the whole day, and I catch the same fish you caught." But if I go to that same place and I'm like, "Fuck." I don't know. You know what? I'm just going to go fish the bank because I ain't ever been here. I don't know. No, like, that. Th- that's the knowledge. If I come and, f- and if I fished because of my knowledge and where bass movements and all this, I fish the same area as you and when. That's not luck. But if I just go fish the bank for eight hours, all I'm doing is covering... 15, 20 miles of bank, junk fishing, and I and I win. That's that's luck. That's I mean, not. That's not. You're, by your own definition, that's not. So so was it bad luck when I went to Winnipesaukee and got absolutely murdered because I only caught like two fish? Because I was using all my knowledge based on lakes that were similar, based on structure that was similar, and I got killed. I got killed, dude. So what what happened there? My, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know the whole story, but I'm just saying that no. I I'm mean, a, that, it's, it, it, if you would have won that, would would I consider that luck? Yes. If I were if I would have gone to this last this last tournament, I fished in at Falls. I fished in the river, which I'd never been before. That bitch looked like it did. It wasn't even chocolate milk. It was like slushy. So 
I loaded up and went to another another area that I thought looked good. And because it was a place that the majority of kayak anglers wouldn't be at that time. And get a bite the whole fucking day. Now, I, I, didn't, I didn't get to fish the whole day, but I get a bite. I didn't get a bite. But, I know. but if I would have if I would have gone to those if I would have gone to my second place and caught a winning bag, I would hundred percent tell you that I made that happen because I saw an area where I thought fish should be. And if I caught those fish and they were there, that's not fucking luck. What I'm getting at is the luck, the only luck I'm throwing in there is what are the size of the fish? Are the size of the fish that you're catching, which you have no way to dictate, are they going to be enough to stay competitive? No, I, dude, I agree. You're going to see, like, I see people like that don't have a lot of experience and I'll look at them and I'll be like, okay, you're going to go out in 20 feet of water and crystal clear, crystal clear water and rip a whopper plopper, 130 size all day. That tells me you don't have a lot of experience. You know what I mean? But, but it's but, there. The, the, you can put yourself in position, but you don't know what the fish are going to do. So there is some luck. There is. It's not. I'm not saying it's 25% even. I'm saying there's that 18-inch that fish that puts you in second place versus the 20 that puts you in first. There's no way to, to, to dictate that no matter how much knowledge you have. None. I'm not good at math. All right? All right, so let's let's make this simple. You need the erase board for this. Ninety. I mean, I can't. I'll bring this motherfucker out. Shit, hold on. Let me find my fucking pen. Where that motherfucker at? We're gonna make this shit simple, bud. Look, we're gonna make this shit simple. All right, I gotta bring this shit out because you ain't believing me. Ninety-nine percent of anglers ain't writing that shit out because it's too long don't know shit all right <laughs> <laughs> they don't know shit <laughs> wow that's a pretty high estimate where'd you get that number from it i, I my statistics course said it was only 78 and that was a few yeah. years ago did it, it increased <laughs> don't show shit one <laughs> percent of those motherfuckers win a tournament of the winners of those tournaments know shit. The luck, the luck, your example is a good, is a, is a, it's not a luck example. You put yourself in a position to catch the fish you needed to win. That's all it was because you're right. We don't know if there's, 18 to 20 inch fish there or 14 to 15 until we catch them. But you knew there were 17 to 18s. So you knew there was a potential for there to be bigger. Like you, if you would have caught 20 15 inch fish there in the same time period, But again, Paul, you're discounting a lot of the facts. You're throwing it out like I honed in on this one spot. I was moving. I only had a less than a football field. I was going like this, literally circles. You're proving my point. 
<laughs> to the knowledge of stopping and fishing the area. You're proving I wasn't. I was moving. I never stopped moving. I never stopped. People don't get that. Like if I power fish, I'm not stationary. I'm moving. I'm here. Yeah. So I had a circle. I wore, I wore fucking treads in that lake from the circles I did. I must've gone around that lake. So why didn't, why didn't those two fish hit the, the, the previous 50 times I went in those circles? You know what I mean? So, so, so you're, you're, you're strengthening my argument because if you hit that same place, 30 times versus covering the same amount of area and not hitting the same place more than once. I mean, that's, that's, I had nowhere to go. I had nowhere to go. I couldn't move. You still fucking won. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Dude. So when you're, Think about the variables. I try to make you sound like a genius, and you're fucking not, all think, uh, th- Well, here's the genius stuff. Think about all the variables that got eliminated during those fifty fucking right. laps, right? Yeah. I number one, if, if again going back to the show, I've said it numerous times. I can I carry less tackle than anybody I know. I carry five five fucking waterproof boxes. One of them is just terminal tackle and like replacement skirts. <laughs> one of them, one of them is crankbaits. One of them is jerk baits. One of them is stuff with skirts. So that spinnerbaits bladed jigs and jigs and uh one of them is miscellaneous fucking top water stuff which i barely use barely i barely throw top water but it does have its circumstances while i throw that wrong with you i've Jeez. moved on from top water i just oh hey i'm God. fishing my circumstances right. here's your story because this shit's so, i'm about to end this fucking yeah. podcast like alex did so that's five boxes i keep a minimal amount of colors usually no more than three sometimes four depending on that yeah, right? colors don't matter. We can talk about that shit all day. I think we pretty much agree. Color is a fucking marketing scheme. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. And then for yeah. plastics, I carry four bags with the yeah. same types of plastics in different sizes yeah. in no more no more than three colors. That's it. So I'm out there, and right off the bat, I've got my grid in my head of, okay, well, I can't throw in these weeds. I can't throw treble hooks. I can't throw this. I can't throw that. I'm down to like two or three lures and now I just fuck around with the colors. That's it. That's it. I, I, I'm just a process of elimination, but the thing is no one. And this is where, if you want me to, to, to pat myself on the fucking cots. God damn. No. Yes. Cause you all right. It. No one that I know keeps records. Like I do. No one, no one. This I am. I, I am the Billy Bean. I was just watching clips of Moneyball the other day. I'm the Billy Bean of fishing. <laughs> All right? Both. So this is where it comes into. that You you are proving my point. It ain't fucking luck. No, it's you a got process to of- the position you were at because of knowledge. I'm not going to accept that, man. There's no way. Oh, my God. I'm, you know what? This is my fucking podcast. <laughs> Alex will agree. And we're going to accept that shit. <laughs> no, that 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 boat, that big boat tournament. You don't, it, dude. That could have happened anywhere, and I did not know in any way, shape, or form it was going to happen. I didn't know. There was no indication that what I was doing was going to turn up what I did. None. Even the first one of the we had we had a five five fish limit. Was it a five or a three? I think it was five. 
the first one that I kept was early in the morning in a different place on something completely different. And that threw me off for the day. Like, I'm like, what is happening here? I had to make an adjustment, but I didn't know that that was going to be the adjustment that worked. I was going, again, just cycling through. Yeah. You know what I mean? I now, And honestly, I think, come to think about it now, that was the third or fourth adjustment I made. It was just going, cycling through my fucking normal shit. Just, this is what I do. And and so I wanted, uh, you I thought we, and wanted us to get into kind of the, the, the co-angler side of it. But I think that that's a very different side because we don't control our destiny on that side. But in the kayak world, we 100% control our destiny, where we're going to go, what we're going to fish. And so yeah. I, th- I think that's where we're, we're hanging this episode on is from the kayak world and, and the fact that, you know, we know we can change where we're going to fish. Yeah. And, you're, yeah. And, and, and not only that is we might not be able to be able to even control where we're fishing, which is a, a great example of your story. Your ship yeah, well, up, we, you we, got we, to the point that you had to fish an area that you hadn't planned on that you weren't necessarily prepared for, but you knew you knew that area in the the weather, the time, all that stuff. That's just knowledge, man. That's stuff that you don't get. But you what you're just what you're discounting on this is Paul. I caught those fish there, but you're discounting the half mile that I worked to get there. Like I was like, okay, here's where I think we should start. But I don't know there's going to be fish there. I worked a half mile before that point, and I said, let's find the weed line and work down it. Maybe they're here. They weren't. 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 What the fuck are they doing over here? Like, again, process of elimination. It's not a knowledge thing. I I thought they were in the previous half mile. That's what I thought. They were not. I just kept working down to see, what is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? And But... But Sean, that's the knowledge part of it is that they should be here. So I'm going to work it down until there's nowhere else to work. All right. right? Well, you want you want to give me some sort of clairvoyance at this point? I'll fucking take it. But I'm the trying. big thing is where I shot you. Where I shot you in the foot is as far as the two experiences that I talked about with being a quote unquote co angler. I really wasn't because I was even though I my foot wasn't on the trolling motor pedal. The, the angler was saying, where do we go? The, you know, how often does an angler turn to a co-angler and say, what do you want to do, buddy? You know, <laughs> that fucking never happens. Whereas well, that, I was, yeah, you know, that happens. When, so, so that's a good example of an angler that ain't, you know, perfect. That's an angler that hadn't put the time in that doesn't understand the fish and doesn't understand the lake. That's, that's the biggest thing. Yet. They might be at a different level of experience. You know what I mean? Well, Just, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we can talk about 20 years from now, that same angler coming back and, and being that. But at that point in time, we we have to live as anglers and, and you know, shit. We have to live in the moment. I don't want to live in shit. Oh, in the moment. Okay. <laughs> we have to live in the moment. And, 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 and that's you, that's, that's their, that's, that's old boys called called a to think, fish in the moment, and we have to because as 
we are an advanced society in in fucking everything, but we don't know fucking shit about fish. <laughs> we think we do, and some people have that shit kind of figured out, but we we still don't understand fish the way that we we think we do, and so you have to you have to like what are the fish doing today because it's all weather driven so what are the fish doing today and when you get out there and today ain't what the fish are doing what the fuck are they doing and why we need to know what they're doing now to catch them but we need to know why for in the future from from a competitive standpoint right and there's been some competitors that have figured that shit out. Kevin Van Dam is kind of like the creme laid the creme of that. He has found he has been he's been able to figure out what fish are gonna do before the fish do it. Like there's not you know that Jacob Lee is another one. Like there's a few anglers, professional anglers, that have been able to break that code. And what's the interesting part to me is they still ha- they still haven't broke that shit down to a science. Like they're still guessing. And so, me and you as kayak anglers ain't gonna be able to break. But we don't get paid for that shit. <laughs> like you know, we we are we are competing like that we aren't on the water enough to do that but what we can do as competitive anglers is we can put ourselves in a position to where we think they're going to be and i think that's the biggest thing when it comes to competitive kayak angling is that we we can't run from spot spot we can't do the shit that bass boats can do right so those competitive anglers in the kayak world, what they do is they find areas that the fish are going to be. So they're either deep, they're shallow, they're mid-range, they're grass. They find these areas that they can just run super-duper fast. And so not just kayak angling, but just professional anglers, people who make money angling. They're going to run these areas, and they're going to they're going to put themselves in an initial position to find the fish because they go to an area that has the most opportunity for those fish to be. That makes sense. It does and that that little monologue you just went on was an excellent way to wrap up a two hour program because I want to go to bed. <laughs> oh my god, good motherfucker! You told me this shit was going to last fifteen hours. I got a twelve pack. Oh my God! Well, you can drink it by yourself. You can talk to the people. I, I, I mean, as we know, I, I have a little bit of a fucking full schedule, being a beautiful housewife that I am, and uh, I do have to have the kids up and ready for school in the morning. <laughs> I really did think you did a good job of that monologue. I was sitting here smiling, going, "Wow, Paul's really putting a cap on this." But you want to well, talk more? You've- so, so I think here's the thing, Sean. I think this is so. You and I both believe that we go into tournaments with the mindset that we're not going to finish last. Like, we're going to make noises. Going to try. Yeah. 
I think where we differentiate the biggest is that I want to win, but you come in with a specific, like, I want to finish top five, top ten. You, know, you have a, a better understanding of where you want to finish. I want to finish as high as possible, but I don't lock myself into the the possible disappointment of not reaching that goal. It's it's check off all the little boxes and see where you end up. That's all you can do. Yeah. No, that's I all. That, like my yeah. my goal is to win. Yeah, but it's I fished the, I the 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 process I'm going through of checking all those little boxes. Um, I believe will help me stay competitive and possibly win. You know what I mean? And it's, you know, you said it yourself, and I, I agree with you, man. I, it's not just the, the the eastern side of the MAKB that that has all the big guns. I mean, I didn't win every one of the division, the, the Western Division events at all. I won two of them out of seven. I placed in, I placed well in a number of them, and it, it paid off. And I, I lucked out, and luck. Let me, let me really accentuate this. I lucked out in that last shitty tournament where Nelson didn't call out a few more fish and I barely edged him out for angler of the year. That's where I lucked out because I had no control over Nelson. I didn't do as well as I, you know, would have liked, but I got lucky where neither did he, because I can't control that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing every time, you know, observe, react, adjust every time. And if you have fewer variables involved in that, meaning colors, lures, et cetera, that's my secret to success. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I put in the work. I'm not denying that. I put it, I believe me, nobody writes down. You'll see me. People, people who have fished around me see that when I catch a fish, why is Sean writing that little fucking eight inch bluegill that accidentally <laughs> went after a Ned rig in his notebook? You know what I mean? Or tried yeah. not even accidentally went at it, purposely went at it, but to hump yeah. it, not to eat it. You know what I mean? I'm writing that down because now I know, okay, so I had some bluegill go after that. What's going on with that? And I try to establish a pattern or see if there is one. It might, I mean, it's a bluegill. You never know. Bluegill eats stupid shit. They'll eat corn. You spit on the water. They'll eat that. Who the fuck knows? But, but if I see that I'm throwing a lure and I'm catching more bluegill than bass with it, and none of the bass that I am catching are big, that's when I say, do I need to be spending that money on that lure because I'm not turning up my results with it? And then I go from there and that lures off the list. And then it's no longer part of that grid that I'm mentally going through. You know what I mean? I'm not just, I'm basically the bottom line is when, when we started this whole thing, I feel that you said you were extreme and I think it's just an extreme emotional thing. And I don't, I don't go that far. I just try to be Iceman with it where I get emotional is bullshit, fucking boaters, people fucking being assholes, something break. Motherfuckers. Shitty products that break when they fucking shouldn't, especially if I paid a lot of money. Fuck, fuck that product. But that's where I get pissed is where and, the and, unexpected, and so, you know, yeah, and, lack and of quality so, control. <laughs> and so we kind of alluded to this earlier where you you, know, you said I'd, I'd played sports at a high level and you hadn't. Like, it's, it's a hard – the mentality that I have is probably on, on the low spectrum – of that and because it's hard to have that mentality because we fail more than we win and so to have that mentality is very difficult knowing that i i started my kayak fishing tournament um journey in february and motherfucker i ain't finished in the top 10 in a single one 
<laughs> and I fished a bunch. I fished up to this point 12 or 14. Like mentally, that's hard for somebody to accept and to keep going. Well, check this out. I know you played football and I know you played basketball. Did you ever play baseball? Dude, I played every sport in high school. I even lettered four years in track, which so think uh, of all the other three three sports. Yeah, think of think of tournament fishing as every and and not even tournament fishing. Think of every outing, not as a season or not as a game, but as an at bat. Oh yeah. And when yeah. you when you're done fishing, that's your average. And you know sometimes you might be up against, you know, you might be up against a great pitcher in a tournament. And then you see, you know, where your average is, but it's, it's always going to be moving. That's, that's like the kind of, you know, I, I said it on the, I said it on the real quick. I said it on the, the, the podcast fishing is weird where it has elements of three sports. It has elements of hunting because you're interacting with animals, right. In their environment. It has elements of, yeah. yeah, it has elements of baseball and it has elements of golf. Mm-hmm. I think it has elements of golf with dealing with the weather and assessing the weather before you make a cast or, a sh- you know, go out on a, on a tournament or whatever, or a go out on an outing. It has elements of baseball because when you look at it, if you're documenting things like the way I am, you can pull more statistics out of how you should improve your game than anything. But I mean, like I said, nobody puts that work in. Nobody. I don't know anybody who puts that work in, but me. Like seriously, unless nobody's unless somebody's full of shit and not telling me, but I'm telling you, since 2009, everything with gills that I have caught, I have written down and documented <laughs> what I've caught it on to save me money on lures and to show what my strengths wow. are and what my weaknesses are, and you know I ride with it, and that's 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 the way fishing is. It's just it's it's for me it's a, it's a real combination of those three sports, and then I I apply those things. So, and, and so that, what, what, what I'll say though is, is like my mentality ain't for the weak of heart. Like, if I know you, if you want to get into kayak fishing and you buy your kayak tomorrow and then February 2022, you start kayak fishing, and by June, you're in the position I am and your mindset ain't right, you're, you're going to be, you're going to quit. You're probably not only going to quit the competitive side, you're just going to fucking quit fishing. Like, I understand that. That's why at at the beginning of this podcast, I said, I'm at the extreme. Like, it's win or nothing. But when I don't win, I'm not sitting over here, you know, bitching and crying. I'm like, what the fuck did I not do? Where do I need to improve? And so what it comes down to, so for my mindset, because we preface this with my mindset, your mindset is a is a way for people to think that we're on the extremes, is my mindset is, is where, where do I improve? And so I've yeah. surrounded myself and I have talked to other anglers in the boat world and the kayak world, um, especially locally. It's like, look, I suck at this. I found fish. I just couldn't catch them. Like, you know, I started, you, I, I ran in, you, I went to that. What do I do to make myself better? And I think that regardless, that's my mindset. Your mindset, it's the same thing though. Because at the end of the day, you're thinking to yourself, how do I improve 
upon what what I didn't achieve. And so I think that's where we bring it all together is is no matter what your goal is, no matter what how you think of it to the extreme, it's like at the end of the day, where 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 can I improve? Is it a bait? Is it a technique? You know, what, what, where do I improve on that? I think that's where you and I, that's why I like this podcast. That's like why I like the idea is that we can come together and there's actionable items at the end of it to improve upon what we did. Yeah, there is. I mean, I, like I said, I, I don't, I don't usually talk to other anglers because we're all liars. We don't trust each other, but I can tell you this. <laughs> And this is, this is, this is not a lie is write down what you're doing. Cause you're the only person you can trust, write down what you're doing and te- keep that data for a couple of years and then analyze it and say, what am I doing? Because if someone, like I said, I'm, I'm, if you're calling me a success, a success blah, you're calling me a successful angler, which I win tournaments, but not all of them. Um, and I'm always looking to improve and do better. Right. That's good. But there's techniques I won't touch like, because it's not my style. It's not where my strength is. Why throw that, that drop shot when I can maybe, you know, and I'm not telling everybody everything, but I, I fuck around with some Ned rigs. I do some definitely different things than other people. Why, you know, I roll with that and that's where I have my success. Maybe one day I will drop shot, but right now I'm not, you know what I mean? Unless, unless everything I'm doing stops catching fish and I, you know, I have to turn to that and say, is this the answer? I don't know that, but you know, but that's, that's that's where everybody can connect because they're like, I ain't throwing a fucking drop shot. I want to follow Sean, and Sean. That's what I'm saying. Throw a Nico rig, so I'm throwing a Nico rig, and I win. I mean, I throw a fucking Nico rig. <laughs> Damn it! Don't. This is my show tonight, Sean. Don't fucking. <laughs> so now I have to learn how to Nico rig. That's fucking great. No. <laughs> How about I don't? How about I just stick with my little Ned and be happy in Nedland? But um, but yeah, I mean, man. Yeah, but I mean, this is where it comes down to is that I, I fish what you're comfortable fishing. I mean that you're having success with, yes. measurable success yes. with. Yes. And don't, get, don't, and don't get worried about other people. You've been if you go back and look at the the kayak angler people on youtube and that's that's where we'll set it i mean you've been fishing out of a kayak before 99 percent of those folks were so i mean if folks want to take kayak knowledge in fishing like you're the person that they take that knowledge from from so it just didn't start four years ago i mean you were what would you say 10 years ago 2011 I bought my first rec kayak in 2006 or seven. So 15 years, 15, yeah, 15, 15 years. years-ish. So, I mean, that's the, the majority of kayak anglers now on YouTube are from the last five or six years. Yeah. And I've, I've worked through all the, the horrible changes or the, 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 uh, <laughs> not the horrible changes, the, the good changes from the horrible setups that used to exist. I mean, yeah. you know, well, I still have some on your own, so. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in a very comfortable kayak now where a lot of the physical injuries that have occurred to me over the years, I can deal with in that kayak. But like before, 
Man, some of the kayaks I've used have been quite literally a pain in the ass. But see, that's where kayak fishing comes into. It it ain't easy to to bass fish out of a kayak. If you want to beat the bank, it is what it is. You can do that. But if you're going to competitively fish, you can't just beat the bank. You're going to be in rivers. You're going to be shallow. You're going to be offshore. And, and it's tough. And I think that's where folks, you know, we talk about growing this business and the entry level for a kayak is so much cheaper than a boat. And I think that's where we we get to this is that people think they can go into a kayak and fish what they see on YouTube. It it ain't that fucking easy, folks. If you don't know how to fish, it doesn't matter what you're in. But see, that's where I think, Sean, where folks can learn from you is is the what what you're calling a lot of luck is a lot of a lot of wisdom it's being at the right place at the right time and that's that's there's a wisdom to that there's a wisdom to michael jordan or larry bird being at a particular spot on the floor because they've seen the defense play that like that's wisdom yeah but here's the deal you know what's luck whether that jump shot, when it goes in, if it's going to rattle in on the hoop or it's going to swish. That's what I'm getting at. You know what? The It doesn't matter. Bitch went in, Sean. God damn it. I cannot. It does you. matter. It does I matter. The demoralizing. You demoralizing yourself. All I'm, I'm saying, the only luck I'm throwing in is, I'm, yeah. I'm taking the credit. Yeah, dude, I did a lot of hard work to, to, yeah. to be able to what talk about this shit confidently. You are wise. If you can tell me. What wisdom, point blank, that that dictates that I can use wisdom to catch a fish that's one inch bigger than another fish? I'm shutting my mouth. There is no such wisdom. There's wisdom to put yourself in a decent spot where there's fish, but you don't know if you're on the spot where there's 20-inch fish and 21-inch fish when you need those fish or just 18. You don't know that, especially not at that place where I'm giving the example of. There's no. You'd see this place and be like, fuck me. You're right. If we knew fishing to those exact points, you would be the richest person in the world. Jeff Bezos would be coming to your house to have wine and steaks. And he'd be like, no, he'd be coming to me going, where's those 21 inches, Sean? I'll be like, I'll tell you for wine and steaks. (laughs) with With a wild animal, they're predictable, but we don't know specifically what they're going to do. So, but no, but the, the, when it comes down to fishing and winning and being in a position to win money, it seriously, it comes down to the simple fact of putting yourself in a position where the fish are. Yes. Because you can't catch fish where the fish ain't. And I'm going to throw some statistics at you. What you just said is 95% of the equation. I would, the say, five- I would say it's 99 Nope, I would go less than that. I would say 95 because I took a statistics class in college. And then the other five, the other five percent is the luck of being on 21 inches and not 18s. And you have no way of knowing that. Never mind this 99 one shit. 95 five. Oh my god. Okay. On that, on that note, we have talked a lot, Paul. I do I have to get up. I do have to get up and get the kids to school. This was absolutely enjoyable, and I am definitely willing to to 
help fill some uh, some airtime with another two hour and eighteen minute and thirty six thirty seven second podcast well, uh, while you're, while you're, Swamp Rat is out doing Swamp Rat things. You're forgetting the twenty minutes that Swamp Rat cut off this bitch in the beginning. So, secondly, yes, you'll oh be God. co-host, and um, you know, I mean, look, guys, Sean the Fisherman is the most viewed slash watched guest of Bass and Brews history. In Antarctica? <laughs> did Our my both, episode go that did my episode go that high? What are you talking about? Both that bitch that bitch went higher than both of mine. I'm I'm really that, pissed. That Maybe. bitch got higher that bitch got higher than me before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit little grandpappy's little something something. Grandpappy right, sleepy tobacco. Look, we'll, we'll, we might touch on some of this later, y'all. Appreciate y'all staying if you stayed this late. Sean the Fishman, great-ass guy. Uh, go listen to Jigs and Bigs. Great podcast. It's your morning podcast, uh, like two and a half to three and a half hours. Love it. But Sean the Fisherman, he's been fishing for like 70 years. He's old as fuck. He's old, much older than he looks, but a lot of knowledge and I, I'm glad he came on. So go check him out. Thank y'all for listening. This is a long episode. It probably won't be this long in the future. But uh, we thought <laughs> this I'm on. Be, yeah, we thought this was going to go 12 or 14 hours. But it didn't. But here we are. So thank y'all. We'll see you later. All right. All right, Bo.